This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that loves a cross-cum shot. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Liverpool away uh, was the end of a tough week for Chelsea, our third away trip after a long journey to uh, Azerbaijan in, in midweek, uh, and then uh, another third world visit on uh, on Saturday, but enough of my gags. Uh, right, perhaps that's... Perhaps that's why Conte was cautious and replaced Chesk Fabregas with Danny Drinkwater. But it was frustrating, as Liverpool was clearly there for the taking. Uh, having inevitably gone 1-0 down to a Mo Salah goal, I'm sure... I mean, you know, if you didn't put money on that, then you need to have a look at yourself. Anyway, uh, Conte sorted it out and brought Fabregas, Pedro and William on. Uh, the latter saving the day with a superb shot. Or was it a cross? Who cares? It went in. That's all that matters. Uh, and a 1-1 draw with Liverpool away is no disgrace. But the feeling does linger that it could have been so much better. So there you go. And uh, the title, appropriately, uh, of tonight's show is Where There's a Willian, There's a Way. The Chelsea oh, fan class number 405. And on this show of all shows tonight, uh, it's going to be a cracker. Um, there's a good reason for that. Uh, but before we get to that, of course, I have my right-hand man, the Batman, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Joy to be on. Chich, can I just, just join issue with you? That you said it was um, um, a cross-cum shot, you said. Surely yes. it should be yes. a cross-cum yes. shot, because it's all well, in no, the I, emphasis. I, I mean, you've made it sound yeah, but disgusting. That's... Well, I, that, that, well, that was, was the gag. I mean, and I'm a, that I, was the gag. Well, I'm, I'm, a bit, oh. I'm a bit upset with this, because, you see... I'll have to be honest here, people. It was yeah. me on the Chelsea Fancast that first uh, cracked one out in terms of a gag about this uh, when Drogba, Drogba, Drogba did a cross cum shot uh, and uh, in a similar vein to Willian, and uh, and that was years ago. I mean, we're talking five, six years ago. In fact, we we had. I think the show was titled "Cross the Cross Cum Shot." 
So I, 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 I take so, ownership so of this gag. It's a prehistoric joke that you've uh, you've unearthed. It is. It's I a chidge. See, it's see. a chidge gag revisited, uh, regurgitated. Anyway, little, it's golden. It's olden, like you, Jonathan. You had golden. Can we thank int- you very much. Can we introduce our other guests? Lovely to to be here. I have to say, I have to say, before we move on to our other guests, I think it's highly appropriate that uh, it was it was um, our our man, our man Willie, who did the cross cum shot. It seems highly appropriate. (laughs) Oh dear, dear, dear! It's only going to get worse from here. It is. It's going to be a long night. It's going to be a long night. Uh, Anyway, apart from our mouths yet. Uh, well, there we go. Probably, probably advisable considering what we were discussing. Um, anyway, uh, we have, as of course, as, as well as myself and the lovely uh, Jonathan, we've got the the Reverend uh, Tony Glover. Good evening. Good evening. I'm not going to say anything. This there shouldn't be any more cum jokes. It, all I can say is, is that you know the goal wasn't premature, was it? Uh, oh, sorry. Very, very <laughs> sorry. good. Very, very I'm sorry. good. Yes, I like that carrying a lot. on in the I vein like that, that we were in. <laughs> Anyway, uh, well, welcome, welcome to uh, welcome to Carry the On blue Chelsea vein. Fancast. The blue vein. With uh, with uh, with uh, Jonathan Kidd in the uh, in the Kenneth Williams role, uh, Chidge in the Sid James role, Tony in the Bernard Breslau role, and featuring last but but not but but my no means least, the lovely delectable Joan Sims, played by Alex, no, no, the girl no, who likes Jake. balls. Hattie Jones, oh no, no, no. She's I have your damn more as a Joan Sims. Yeah, but Joan Sims was much more filthy than Hattie Jakes, and I think that makes it more appropriate that it's you. Well, at least it wasn't Barbara Windsor, because otherwise you'd just be saying that I just would only be funny if I ran around with my tits out. <gasps> okay, okay, well done, Alex. You've managed to outdo <laughs> us. Alex, lovely to have you back, and more to the point, have you back safe and sound from uh, from Jordan? I did actually crack a good uh, joke last week while you were away that I said that uh, you were walking all over Jordan, but uh, <laughs> you know, as in Katie Price. But never mind. It was, it was funnier last week. Anyway, enough of our silliness. We need to get on with the show. Uh, which tonight uh, we're going to be asking, uh, did Conte drop uh, a... I've, I've, asked, I've said drop a bollock in the script. What I mean was, did he make a slight tactical error? That was the English version. Uh, or was it, in fact, a tactical masterstroke resting Fabregas and then bringing him and Willian, of course, on to score? Um, in part two, we applaud said Willian for rescuing a point and ask, why does he get such a hard time from so-called Chelsea fans? Um, and, of course, we applaud, we have to applaud... Mr. Cesar Aspilicueta for a man of the match performance. Chelsea's Mr. Consistency. Um, and actually, by the way, literally five minutes before uh, we went on air, I, I put up the blog What I Wrote for Yahoo Sport uh, UK on Twitter and Facebook, which, abs- which, is a, which is an homage to Cesar. Cesar, in fact. It's Hail Cesar, it's called. But uh, read it if you can. We'll be talking about that. Um, and also... Um, we're going to kind of debate whether uh, Klopp has got the edge o- over Conte, by which I mean, we, you know, Conte's never beaten him, which I was surprised at. But there you go. Part three, uh, we're going to look back at Chelsea's win against Carabag and uh, look forward to Swansea at home on Wednesday. And, of course, we're, going to have a, we're actually going to have a look at all of Chelsea's fixtures up till January because it's, it makes interesting reading. Uh, to wit, can we catch City? Hmm. And in part four, uh, I have to be honest, we have so many emails 
that I, I fear that we will not be able to read them all out, but we will do our best. If we can't read them all out, we'll 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 you know we'll carry on with them next week. So no pressure, Jonathan, of course. Now don't forget you can listen to the show live every Monday at seven o'clock by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea Hyphen Fancast, where you can join in the chat by posting on the live <coughs> chat page. And you can also tweet at Chelsea Fancast during the show to tell us what you think about the games, anything else on Chelsea. Just join in, have fun. That's what it's there for. And incidentally, the uh, blog that I put out that announces the show on the Chelsea Fancast website actually has an embedded Mixler player in there. So you don't even have to go to Mixler. You can go, you can go in via uh, Chelsea Fancast, which uh, for, for want of sound getting filthy like we did earlier on, I shall leave it there. Other than to say, of course, that there are loads of you there are loads of you in there already. Oh, look at this lovely stuff. It's all our mates are in there. Some bloke called Tony Glover's in there who's basically moonlighting because <laughs> he's actually on the show. Uh, the lovely Mark Barfoot. Uh, from my knowledge, Mark Mark has been uh, on every single away game that we've had last week. So a trip to Azerbaijan and, and Liverpool. Mark, I applaud you. I applaud you. And yeah, I've seen well your pictures. And I know you had a wonderful time. Yeah. Um, the lovely <laughs> Chuckles Cabby, Jace, Brian, CFC from LA, uh, John Chips Chiverton, Ramsey, shed up a man. He was in uh, Azerbaijan as well. Bob Uzro, the lovely Bob. Bob's always in there. Top lad Bob. Uh, Nikki Kilduff, Praj. Oh, goodness me, Mr. Kurt, the Ferris is there. Mike Ferry, great blog for us last week. So many people, so many people. Good to have you all in there, peeps. We'll try and do a cracking show for you. That's the least that we can do. And I'm delighted, uh, you know, how, it's brilliantly how, how serendipitous this is because a certain Mr. Andy Silverman has just posted, and I was hoping he would because we all have to say a very, very, very happy birthday to Andy Silverman a true blue and a true gent and a lovely, lovely bloke. Mate, I hope you've had a great birthday today. We'd all like to say happy birthday, wouldn't we? Collectively. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, Andy. Birthday. Happy birthday. I was trying to avoid the singing, actually, but there we go. I was trying to avoid the singing. Happy birthday, dear Andy. Happy birthday We like Andy. We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't really, you know, have to, you know, ruin his day by singing. I mean, although I might do a very special version of strolling later depending how naughty we feel. Anyway, enough of all that. After this very quick break, we will be talking about the football. So anyway, yes, I was a bit rude in my script, and I said, "Did Conte drop a bollock?" Probably because I was—I I actually watched the match on the telly with my best, best, best mate, uh, who uh, is called Simon. Should you want to know, um, who I've known since I was about six or seven, and uh, he was round for the weekend, and he's a Southampton fan actually because he, he grew up down here, and uh, unlike me, he supported his local team. And uh, in fact, I used to play football with him a lot, so we, we love our football, to me and Simon, and. Um, I kept on saying it for most of the... I said, mate, he's dropped a bollock here. Why hasn't he played Fabregas? Why hasn't he played Fabregas? Um, but there's been quite a lot of interesting conjecture about this, I think. But, uh, you know, I mean, you know, his theory is that, that he was resting him. But I, I just thought it made us far too cautious, Jonathan. 
You know, I mean, why? Why? I mean, I know he's played every game, but I, I, you know, I thought it kind of played into their hands a bit. I thought we were a bit cautious because we did that. What do you think, mate? Liverpool were there uh, for the taking, surely. I thought they were there for the uh, for the taking, and I think it was a big mm. error. And I think he, um, I think you're right. I think he's got. Uh, I think he was slightly intimidated. Um, I think he, he justifies it by saying that he was uh, giving them a rest after Carabag, which I have to say was a fantastic performance. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the last 10 minutes, we were completely all over them by bringing everybody on. And it then just like showed a what suit. a crap de- defensive side they are. Uh, and and uh, we should have brought them on with uh, 15, 20 minutes to go. And then um, we, we'd have taken them to the cleaners without any shadow of a doubt. We were just so, mm-hmm. so it, it, you know, it, uh, the, the minute you, it makes you realise that, that when they're set up to defend, all right, fair enough, they can do it. Well, they didn't because Salah scored. But um, uh, at the moment, that to me, that team isn't quite good enough to do that. Whereas um, playing uh, playing with Fabregas, um, um, as long as he's protected and as long as he's not um, having to play the uh, um, uh, the uh, the midfield role that forces him to do much tackling, if he's just there to be creative, he's completely wonderful. And... Uh, and they should have played um, Pedro, played out of his skin when he came on, and William, of course, who was fantastic. Um, uh, they should have played them uh, with 20 minutes to go. And drink water, it still doesn't look fit to me. He had a good go. And for me, um, uh, Zappacosta isn't isn't um, yet the player he should be. And B- Bakayoko had a had a bad one. I'm, I'm jumping the gun here. Um, but no, oh, no I'll tell question. you what, mate. I've got, I've, yeah. I've got breaking news, Jonathan, which I know you of all people will absolutely love, and I think I know, I know why Zappa Costa didn't quite look himself. And this is the clue on Saturday because it was yeah. in fact Ron Mayle from Sparks who was playing. <laughs> clearly, clearly, this town, this town Wonderful. ain't big enough for the both. Yeah. So he kidnapped him, didn't he? That's right. I've he heard did. this rumor. He did. He did. He did. He kidnapped um, Zappacosta, and uh, and uh, considering it was Ron Mayle, I thought he did bloody well because he, he must did be well, at least didn't six, he, sixty-five that. by now. Yeah. Well, he, uh, you know, and, he did, and he, some. He, he he didn't play like it was amateur hour, did he? God. Oh, oh, very that, good. No, that very is fantastic. Good. <laughs> very, Glover. very good. Listen, Glover, I listen, you, you, listen you two. Hats off to you. That was brilliant. Very good. Fantastic. Listen, you two. There, there is an alternative view. There is an alternative view to this, which is, funnily enough, uh, you know, uh, is, is being echoed on Mixler. So I, I feel duty bound to uh, to bring the peeps in, and no less a man than uh, D, Dean Mears, who writes for uh, CFC UK, of course. I'm going to read yes. this out, and then I'll, I'll, I'll come back to Tony, if it, as it were. Um, Dean says, we went there not to lose after the demands of our midweek game. Easy to say afterwards that we should have gone for them. Remember they got back from Azerbaijan on Thursday morning and travelled to Liverpool Friday, so no training or real rest for players. I mean, before I ask Tony what he thinks, uh, I actually said it from the beginning. I just thought it, I just thought, I just had a sniff that it was going to be cautious. I think he should have played Fabregas, but I take your point. And there is another view, Tony, which kind of conflates what Dean is saying, which is that actually. Given that, given the rigours of Azerbaijan, um, maybe it was tactically astute to keep Liverpool at bay, who do like to come onto teams, you know, big style, and then bring Fabregas, William and Pedro on to get a result. But it, it kind of, as he, as he admitted himself, to be fair, you know, the plan kind of went a bit south because Liverpool scored. And actually, they didn't really deserve to. I don't think they created that much, to be honest. But uh, what do you think? Is there an alternative view to this? 
There is, and it's the one that I firmly sit in that camp. Well, how um, about that? Indeed. Um, we lost after a stunning performance against Atletico Madrid. We had a day less to prepare when we played Manchester City at home. And uh, although we did, we only lost to them 1-0, uh, the truth of the matter is we could have been done by three or four. You know, such was the, the balance of that game. Um, and, you know, how City didn't score more was one of the questions that people were asking afterwards. So I think in this particular case, and knowing how... I say our record against them is dismal, but, I mean, we've not been able to beat them for, for ages. I think they've beaten us twice at Stamford Bridge in the last two seasons in the Premier League. Um uh, and, you know, you, you, you write off Liverpool, and I know it's fashionable too, but you write them off at your peril because in the same way that people were thinking we would trample Carabag, we all knew, those of us of a certain vintage, that that was a potential banana skin. I think he did the right thing. I think, in actual fact, on the balance of playing the first half, we could have been three or four nil up. So then we'll be sitting here saying we did the right thing and we went at them. Uh, you know, it's 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 because we have a tendency to be a bit wasteful and miss good chances I think that um that we weren't and um I just think actually the idea of going there and not losing after a, a, a midweek game um where we were massively disadvantaged in terms of time to recover um and for the players etc it was the right thing to do that's that okay well Jonathan Jonathan I'm going to bring you back into retort to uh, Tony and then I'm going to ask Alex a question all right well I, I didn't in fact say that I thought it was wrong I just said I think he should have brought on all the <laughs> Fair point. Fair all, all point. the uh, all the substitutes earlier. I think they did pretty well yeah. keeping them at bay, and I agree. I just think that ten minutes wasn't enough because when in that ten mm. minutes we were absolutely all over oh, yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah. scored. You know, yeah. he, he 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 chipped in beautifully, and but he, uh, but he was deep. He, my only point was that Conte was deeply unhappy after the City game. Deeply unhappy. Yeah, you know, no, I understand. Way, you know, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm, I'm, I agree. I think, I think it was a, an obvious tactic to try and stop them from, from doing, doing it, which we did well. We defended very well, other than, than that slip that where the Bakayoko didn't, you know, he, tr- he should have kicked it. He towed it into, into Salah's path. But no, my point is, is that I thought when we, we played so well when, and, rev- and showed them up so much with, with the attacking set up that you know he should have done it earlier because once Fabregas is on Fabregas it's just it makes you realize I have to say um, him not him not being on for the whole game when he came on makes you realize what a wonderful passer he is I mean completely mm. phenomenal just spraying the ball about so beautifully I just you know he's, br- he's a brilliant player and we were just so all over them and in fact when 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 um, William scored I thought well we're going to score again now we're so in charge and we almost did but I think with another five minutes we'd have scored definitely we'd have won it you know, yeah. You know, yeah, Jonathan. I agree with you. I agree with you. Tony. You're getting in a essence, bit of love. You're getting a bit of. You're getting a bit of. You're getting a bit of love for the uh, bringing the subs on earlier. Certainly from Mr. Kurt. So I think that's a good point, J.K. Uh, and I think something that's coming out of this, Alex, is is mm. you know, you know, it's it's a difficult one to call really. But I think somebody made a similar point on Mixer a minute ago. But we drew one-one there last year, and and we won the title. So, you know, we did get out of jail. You know, it's not a bad result to get a 1-1 up there, as Tony mentioned. We, we, we you know, we, we haven't done so well up there. Well, we actually, we don't do so badly up there, but we certainly have lost to them at home. So, you know, did we get out of jail? In some respects, I do think we did, but it does feel like a missed opportunity to me. I've got to be honest. honest to be, and I'm going to be a bit of a negative Mary on this, but are you a negative Mary or are you feeling, well, it's okay, really? No, I think you should stop whining. 
Let me paint a little picture okay. for you, Chidge. Okay. All right. Um, All right. We had two big games last week. One of them was Carrier Bag. One of them was Liverpool. Carrier Bag had Dick's Atletico in and both over in both legs against them. So there was there weren't necessarily a pushover. And like Glover says, if you're of a certain vintage, you expect us to fuck up games like that. If we'd have lost or not won that game. The three teams at the top of our group, because Atletico beat Roma, would have all still been able to qualify and anyone could have not qualified out of those three. Chelsea managers are judged and given a target every season of getting to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. That was his priority last week. And honestly, if he then felt that having used Fabregas for that, he couldn't use it. I, I think what he did against Liverpool was play to the fact that they can't defend a game and they can't finish one without a footballing shot of Viagra or a dodgy decision from a referee, as was demonstrated in their Champions League game. And he gambled. And like you say, the plan went awry when they scored first. But ultimately, we didn't lose. And like you say, 1-1 one, one, and we won the title there last season. I think he gambled and it didn't quite pay off. But I'm perfectly happy with both results. And you should stop crying like a little girl. OK, well, you've now... You've I'm now not OK. Crying. I'm going to take it like a man. I'm going to take <laughs> it like a man. But all, all, all that does, all that does... All that does is confirm what I said earlier, that Alex uh, is, is, is not actually Joan Sim. She is, in fact, Hattie Jacks because she's playing the matronly role tonight. I, I Ooh, think she's matron. Vanilla Fielding. She's oh, vanilla can, fielding. You do an, can you do a Vanilla Fielding, Jonathan? I bet you can. She's very terribly, you know, she's terribly like the isn't she? Well, I have no idea who you're hello. talking about. Hello. We're talking about carry-on, Alex. Like apparently, apparently, according to Steve, according to Steve Mower, I've just got pistol whipped. I th- I'm not sure he meant pistol. I think he meant something else with a P. But we'll move on. Um, listen, no, the, I, the bottom, I agree. The bottom... I see your points with what you would have liked to have seen for the Liverpool game. But I think when you balance it all in, I have no problem with the the hand that Conte played over the week. No, even though I spent well, half I mean, of it in a tent. Here's the rub. Here's the rub. I mean, you know. Look, we're, we're we're third, and we're two points above Spurs, who very kindly managed to draw with West <laughs> Brom, which really, really made me laugh. So, I mean, you know, I, look, I, okay, I'm going to shut up whining. I'm going to, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to shut up whining. All right, now listen. After the break, we're going to applaud Willian for rescuing a point and uh, ask why does he get a hard time from so-called. I say this with emphasis. So-called Chelsea fans. Uh, and we applaud the wonderful uh, Cesar Espeliqueta because he, I think, put in a man of the match performance. He is Mr. Chelsea or he is Chelsea's Mr. Consistency, depending on how you like it. And uh, we're going to have a quick ch- uh, look at whether Klopp, in fact, might have the Indian sign over Conte at the moment. But anyway, we'll be back in a minute. See you in a sec. The only place for Chelsea fans... Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Okay, we're back, and I'm Stanford Chidge, and of course you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast, and on this lovely night we have a rather chilly night, I have to say, in Hampshire, deepest, darkest Hampshire, but we have another Hampshire resident with us, Mr Tony Glover. 
And good evening. I should say, try and do it in Hampshire accent. Which would be like, good evening. Oh, no, I can't do it. No, no. Can't really good do. evening. Hello. <laughs> yeah. No, a Hampshire accent is, is you all right, Mush? All right, Mush, that's it, yeah. That's it. All right, Mush. There you go. Yeah. All right, Mush. Great that to was be pretty back, good, um, actually. Uh, great to be back, Archbishop. Thank you. Anybody would have thought I was from Hampshire, wouldn't they? What is it? But Hampshire yeah. born, Hampshire bred, strong in the arm, thick in the head. That's me. Hey, that's uh, anyway, m- moving along, we also have the lovely, 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 lovely matron Alex Churchill. Jet lagged Alex Churchill. Oh, bless. <laughs> well, we'll talk all about your little trip later, all right? Uh, yeah. But until then, Alex, take, take the medicine. Uh, Jonathan, as always, <laughs> the right hand man. Lovely to have you in here. Mm, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Kenneth. Uh, right, okay. Yuck, 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 yuck. It is, it's gone all very carry on tonight. You've probably, uh, probably it certainly has, and that, that was definitely a touch. Of, it was a touch, was it Charles Haltry, wasn't it? The the the, uh, the the very odd ball pipe pot man. That's what that yes. sounds like. Okay, yes. Mm, mm, there's lots of. Mm, that's nice. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that's this is again. Anyway. Hey, look, talk going to carry on. Can I carry on with a flaming show? Thank you, people. Right. Uh, first up, we really got to talk about William because, uh, um, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I, I said it in the intro. Ultimately, I really don't care. I just care whether the ball hits the back of the net, and it did. Um, now, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I said, said to you earlier, I, I was watching the game with uh, with me best mate, and uh, I mean, I'll, I mean, actually, fair play to Simon. I mean, you know, he, he's, a, he's a Southampton fan. I've taken him to the bridge a couple of times, actually. I took, last took him there on his birthday because that's when we, and we beat Everton five nil and you know bless him it was clear that he hadn't seen such good football like that for years being a Southampton fan and he, he was almost as excited as I was so he gets into the spirit of things and when that ball went in we both got up and you know almost ran around the room with our doing a doing a Ravenelli with our tops over our heads you know so we were, we were both a bit excited but we both decided absolutely that 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 William Alex stop typing loudly. I'm done. Thank you. Uh, we both decided that uh, it was absolutely a shot because we looked. We looked at. Uh, we know. We looked at his face uh, as he was kicking it, and he's looking at the at the at the goal. He's not looking across. You know. So I, I, we we both felt that it was a shot, and then suddenly we get all this debate about was it a shot? Was it a cross? Obviously, I love the fact that it might have been a cross come shot because that always makes me titter. I mean, the, the the thing is, Tony. Do we care? Was it a cross? Was it a shot? What do you think? Well, he said it was a shot, and I, I I'm like you. I, I don't give a monkey's. I mean, um, when you look at it in, in the super slow motion or whatever, um, you know, I, 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 it's a bit like that Zappa Costa one, isn't it? That went in from the right hand side, which was an absolute oh, yeah, yeah, thumper, yeah. wasn't it? You know, um, well, and, and that was a, went, that well, was a he... very, very, very that was a very cross come shot. Yes, uh, you know, did did he mean it and whatever? Uh, a little bit of me thinks that William um, being a William being a Brazilian. I'm sorry, Tony. I'm sorry, Tony. But if if Costas was a very angry cross shot, you know what that makes it. It's, it's an angry wank. Oh yes. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. Um, yes. Um, but I think I think I look at William, I looked at William's face um, after he took it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Was that a delayed reaction or something? What, what, no, I about? looked at William's face after he took it in this yeah. context. Come on. Yeah. Right, okay, fair not, enough. Sorry, Tony, sorry. To see what sort of face he had on him. 
Um, uh, if, he, if he looks like that, well, it was clearly it. Was, it was his, it was his cross cum shot face. It, it was indeed, and it looked like to me um, that it was on the money. Uh, so therefore, it was the money shot. Um, oh, um, very good, very yeah, good, very he, good. He, you know what? He's got the skill to do it. Um, um, whether uh, what's his name, uh, Mignolet or whatever, was was caught out by. I don't really care. Um, it would have been unjust if we'd have lost. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give William the benefit of the doubt because he's a Brazilian. Yeah. William the Brazilian. Fair play. Um, he meant it, and I think it was a, a moment of magic. And I go with you on the fact that um, the people who have been criticising him, you know, a player that's been with oh, us. We'll, uh, we'll get, uh, oh, yeah, Olger Watts is on that because uh, I want to do that to death because I'm very annoyed yes. by it, as you can probably tell. Me, um, me yeah. too. Yeah, Jonathan. I mean, you know, I think I think Tony and I are basically actually. I think Tony and I are basically saying we do think he meant it. It was a shot, and but bottom line is we don't really care as long as the ball hits the back of the net. I, I, are you are you in that camp? Um, well, I don't I don't agree. You looked at the goal. I thought he looked at his own foot. So, um, uh, oh, okay. I, 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 yeah, I thought he just looked down. Um, uh, as a as a person who has scored many goals like that for. Um, Castle No Rovers and Barnes Albion in the Chiswickham District League in the past. Um, I always. I thought um, you played for the Corinthian Casuals, mate. I did. I played for them a couple of times as well. I did actually. <laughs> what a surprise! I got, what a I surprise! Got accu- I got accused by um, an ex Charlton player of running around too much. He said, "Stop! You're showing us up." He said to me, "I can't. I can't remember what his name was, but I just used to run around and think, God, I can't. I'm, I'm never touching the ball here, so I'll just make myself look busy." So, uh, so I just used to run, run at everybody nonstop, and uh, and I remember doing that for a whole game once. And our skipper coming up to us saying, "You had, you were man of the match." I thought, well, I haven't touched the ball. All I've done is just run after people. Um, so uh, um, that's that's a good um, moral for life, I think. Uh, no, that's not. What am I talking about? Anyway, um, I thought, yeah, I, I actually thought that he just uh, vaguely chipped it towards an area, and uh, and it went in. You know, good luck to him. I don't, I don't, it could have been a centre, it could have been a goal. I don't think, as you say, I don't think it matters. But uh, I think it likely that um, he just saw that where the goal was and just thought, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll wait for Morata to glide it in or something. Because that's what Morata frequently does, is he just gets there and glides it as it happened. It, uh, it went into the corner. So, you know, good luck to him. We're, we're, getting, we're getting a lot of love for, uh, to- I mean, to- like Tony, they're itching to, 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 to really stand up for William. Uh and uh, you know, I mean, look, you know, it, it always ends up like a flaming debate like this, doesn't it? It's like the whole Cahill issue yes. uh, of a few yes. weeks ago, you know. And I, I tell you what, the point that I want to make, uh, and I'm, I'm sure you'll all, uh, you know, agree with me. Uh, not that you have to, of course, but uh, the, the way that you know, because the reason I thought of this, it, it was actually oddly not not just because what one sees, you know, what errant nonsense one sees on social media. It was the fact that, as I have seen at Stamford Bridge, um, sadly I've not managed to get out to an away game uh, this year. Uh, my time will come, no doubt, hopefully at Brighton. Uh, but anyway, you know, what I've noticed is both at home and particularly away, you know, William gets a huge amount of support from the supporters that are there watching the match. You know, the minute they see him with the William start, the song starts up. So he gets, so it, it just seems to me that there's, a, again, a huge disconnect between. You know the supporters, and it's. I don't want to get into a whole Dan Levine like diatribe here, but it does seem to be a disconnect between, 
you know, the supporters that, that are there and the supporters that are, that are not. And, and I just really don't understand it, Alex. It, it, it pisses me off, frankly. I've got to be honest. Two words for you. Twitter bastards. <laughs> mm. Okay. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah, like it's you fun. say, if you go to a game, home or away, have you ever, <laughs> ever, I've never heard anyone at a game give William shit. Because it's just yeah. ridiculous. It's... If it, it, it's probably even worse than the crap Cahill was getting because Cahill didn't carry our lazy asses for an entire season. Mm. When mm. everybody really was fat dumb. and stupid. Mm. Yeah, and well, we I think, I think you know, may, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I mean, the bottom line is, Jonathan, I mean, he, he's had a fabulous, fabulous week this week. I mean, he, I mean, we'll talk about this a little bit more later, I suspect, but... I thought his performance against uh, against Carrier Bag. I mean, you know, if you if you want a man of the match, I mean, you can't do much better than having two cracking goals, and I, mean, I thought they were good goals, and uh, two assists for penalties. Jonathan, I mean, you know, he was superb, wasn't he? And it was a it was a great goal, and he he, he certainly helped. It, it, uh, yeah, he was completely brilliant. But I have to say, it, it, let's be honest about this: he hasn't been very good recently. That's the best we've seen him play. So. Um, I'm not saying that people are justified in being annoyed with him, but um, uh, he's been off his game and he's suddenly back to being great. You know he's what, great, though, Jonathan? But that's, but that's the... Hang on, whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on, hang on, Alex. But I agree with you, mate. But the bottom line is, is that, you know, I, I think, you know, what I think what, what underlines my annoyance about this is that, you know, people have bad games. They are huge. I agree. You know, no, they, I agree. I, you know, I agree with you. I agree completely. But it doesn't prevent us from playing. You know, he's come on a few times and and not played very well. You know, that's the, what? that's yeah. the, so, that's the, that, that's what happens with players. I agree completely. But no, but yeah, to take yeah, it yeah. this to take it further into this madness about you know he's he's useless is just absurd. You know, what yeah, aggravates point, me is all the people that. Okay, he's not played well. I don't think he's played well recently. But given what he's done for Chelsea Football Club, to not give him the benefit of the doubt that he was going to have a week like this and come out the other side of it eventually is just churlish and stupid. It's like Bakayoko. I mean, to, to extend this point, actually, uh, it's like Bakayoko. I mean, there's no doubt. Yes. We all know it. Bakayoko had a stinker yesterday and arguably should have been taken off well before he was but one, one bad performance tony doesn't make him a bad player no and and uh, you as you said it yourself we go to the games we watch the games we see uh i've seen william you know uh, have some bad times cahill's had some bad times um and, and bad moments in games and fabricas he's coming for a, a, a fair amount of stick as well in his time yeah and, and yep. you're you're 100 right i mean the thing is as 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 you know, the lovely Alex has said, Twitter bastards. These are people who haven't seen the game or they're watching selective highlights or they're watching a TV view of it, which isn't necessarily everything on mm. the pitch. And William, for me, uh, you know, there's only two, three weeks ago, wasn't it, that people were going to look at William's body language. He's been tapped up by Mourinho. He doesn't look happy because, you know, let's face it, how many players actually smile on the pitch? Very few. Kante is probably the only one I can think of. Right. But, it, you know, they all look pretty morose, even until they, you know, until the goal goes in. Every player looks pretty morose. And I think in William's case, he, he may well be thinking, you know, uh, he deserves more games or whatever. This is, this is the, 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 this is Conte's job. And 
Antonio's job is to bring these players through, to get them through places when they're probably doubting themselves, when they haven't been picked. He's got the same sort of job he's got to do with Louise. I think he's going to have to have a word with Bakayoko, maybe give him a, a, a non-start for a couple of games or whatever. Um, and and you should, we should stick with it. But, we, you know, I've said it to you before, Chidge. I've said it to you in the pub. We, we love nothing more than a boo boy, don't we? If it, was, yeah. if, it, if it wasn't Kale, it was Mikel. If it wasn't Mikel, it was someone else. It, it, you know, it's just gone on. Kalu. Um, Kalu, Sutton, uh, Goldbeck. I can go back through, Christ knows how Alan many or yeah, it's the reason. It's the reason why every now and again, when you see Hazard fall over, fifty people around you will go, "Ah, fucking hell, sell him!" Yeah, yeah. For a laugh, yeah. it's because yeah. there's always a boo boy. There's always someone people want to. Ha- I just yeah. find it hilarious that I flew out at halftime at the West Brom game, and everyone wanted Willian dead, and I land again a week later, and all the same people are just lauding him like he's messy. Yeah. It's just. To move it along a bit, because I'm conscious of time tonight, uh, you know, one person who we could almost say probably never, and I have to say actually, just to interrupt myself, there's some hilarious names coming out on Mixler at the moment for Tony's point about we've always had a boo boy. Ramsey's said Darren, Darren Wood. Uh, yeah. Paul Crowder, lovely to see Paul in here again. He's he's chipped in with Keith Dublin and Rug V. Ramsey's come up with Houseman. They're having a competition in there. Best yes. of luck to them. Anyway, look, the, the one person who, who 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 you could possibly argue never really ever has a bad game, and I think it's about time we highlighted this actually, uh, as I have done in my article for Yahoo uh, Sport UK today. Check it out. It's on the Twitter feed. La 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 la. Worth a read if even if I do say it myself. Um, is Aspilicueta, <coughs> who who I thought was. Yet again, superb. I mean, he made some brilliant blocks and challenges. Um, he, he quite often, his positional play, I think, you know, the, the way he kind of covers for his colleagues is brilliant. And bless his heart, he might not be the best at it, but he does try to get forward. And if one looks at the assists he's made for Morata this season, that's no bad thing. Um, here's some interesting, an interesting stat, which I picked up the other week. Um, he, he has played in every Premier League game for Conte. But not only that, in the se- last season when we won the title and the season when we won it with <coughs> Mourinho, he, he played every game. So every game, he, he played every game in the two title recent title-winning seasons. I mean, he, he's hugely underrated. And I think arguably, Jonathan, you know, he's the, he's, he, and weirdly in a sense, because you've got players like Hazard, all these wonderful creative players, but I would say he's probably the first player on the team sheet, isn't he? Every time, I don't. I don't think he's underrated. I just don't think he's mentioned. Um, but perhaps understated, perhaps less yeah, yeah, less than underrated. Yeah, I think yeah. I think we all appreciate him. We all appreciate what a good player he is. But being underrated is if somehow you're, you know, people don't think you're very good. I always get the impression yeah, that yeah. somehow you, understated. You, I think understated. Yeah, I suppose part of it is you feel there's a kind of inevitability about him. But I do find his um, um, his anticipation is almost telepathic, and I think it's the way he reads the game which is completely outstanding. He also has this uncanny ability of, of running off any time he gets kicked really hard. You know, you think, because he got kicked really, really quite quite badly yeah, in the second did. half. And yet, he at the end of the game, he's still as sprightly as ever. He just keeps running. He runs. He runs so much, which I think also is a, is a testament to his fitness. He's a very fit player. Um, but no, I, mm. I, I think he's wonderful. He's a, and his commitment to the team is absolutely outstanding. I think, yeah, it's a, it's it um, it, well, I mean, he he is uh, he is rated in Spain because he gets picked in the uh, in the national squad, doesn't he? So they they appreciate how good mm. he is. 
But no, I, I thought I'm, he was wonderful, yeah. brilliant, completely brilliant. Yeah. He's a brilliant player. Can I just, just mention the thing which we, we, isn't in the script? Um, is that once again I thought that Hazard was uh, was was kicked ludicrously, and even with um, with uh, Oliver being the ref, who's normally very good, I just don't understand why the refs don't see how much he's picked on. It's the same argument we've had before. Um, they've got they've got the, the the linesman and the referee, as as we had even la- last week as well. They surely must see that he's not falling over. He is being kicked. And I, I, I'm beginning to despair about it because uh, um, it, he got really, he got hurt again in the Liverpool game. And you could see his, his energy well, levels went out, you know. Jonathan, so, I, I remember, well, I mean, I think, I, think, I think you're right. I also think his energy levels went down because he was, he was having to do it all by himself and frequently true, was. And that's one of the reasons, without returning to what we started to talk about at the, at the beginning of the show, that was one of the reasons why I was really cross that Fabregas wasn't playing because it meant that Hazard was having to come a lot deeper to get yeah, the ball and go on those runs himself. Yeah. But I, I, I agree with you about that being kicked. And actually, I think it, it is kind of in the script in a funny sort of a way. Because we, we talked about this on the show, I reckon, two years ago, that one of the worries that we had about him disappearing, probably to Real Madrid, was that like Ronaldo, when he was at United, he just got fed up with being kicked out of the game. And of course, you yeah, know, they get a, a much easier ride in Spain. Um, and I mean, in, 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 and I am worried, actually, because right now, you know, having having quite often moaned about him, you know, not taking games by the scruff of the neck, you know, not taking responsibility, you know, as as our best player to win us games. The last few games, he's begun to look a really world class player, and he's Absolutely kind of taking that responsibility. And yeah. and again, I'm now really worried that you know, that, I mean, how long are we going to get him for? I mean, you know, can we keep him, or is it inevitable that he's going to go? Um. I, I... I think it depends on, on how much we win. I think it also, uh, and how, how if we get a couple of, of decent players again, or, or not even decent, we get a couple of players who are a level above. Um, uh, I think that's necessary because then we'll, uh, we'll be competing in the, in the Champions League. I think we'll, we have a chance of winning it. I think, I think that may be what he, he ultimately yearns for is a, a Champions League medal. And if we're not yeah, near to yeah. pro- providing it, I think he may seek it. But if we, if our success is is um, enormous, he will stay, I think. Mm. And he, but it, the thing is, he's part of it. He is part of that success. And also, I think the fact that Ronaldo is still playing at, at Madrid is important because I don't think he'd get in. Um, uh, I think that's relevant. So if, if Ronaldo then moves on, I think, and there's a vacancy, I think they will make every effort to get him. Mm, that's a very interesting point. I hadn't thought of it like that. Tony, where, where do you... St- I mean, I think, you know, a little bit on Hazard, what we were talking about there. And if you, if you want to go back to how wonderful Aspie is, then feel free to. Yeah, as, well, I'll talk about Aspilicueta first. He, he, he really reminds me of, and it's not too... Um... Uh, not too far in, in our in our past, and and it was a player that was always first on the team sheet, highly reliable. Paolo um, Ferreira. Uh, yeah, there was a little bit of that then. I was thinking of um, Ricky Carvalho as well. Uh, I know it's a different position mm. he plays mm. in, but you know Ricky Carvalho was there, game in, game out, um, and, and again, not one that was particularly lauded by the pundits, etc. And I love the fact that he is 
not lauded by the pundits. I love the fact that he's kind of doing this all rather under the radar kind of thing. You know, the, 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 no one's out there giving it all the big one about him and what a fantastic player. He's just a vital cook. And I, I believe the phrase uh, it was it was coined by Didier Deschamps, I think, or was it was Eric Cantona, was with the water carrier. You need players like that in the team who just do a bloody good job. They're there week in, week out, not anonymously in the background, but like a, the, the critical cog at the you know the, 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 that's integral to that part of the team. Um, I think Deschamps was 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 called that as part of the French World Cup winning squad, wasn't he? I think and that sort of thing. Um, it was a, it was a, Tony was a pejorative term. He was being rude about it. It was, but in actual fact, I think Deschamps turned it around, didn't he? I think Deschamps turned it around into something which was saying, well, you know, where would you be without that water carrier? Yeah, um, it's true. He and, was great. He was a great and, player, and, Deschamps. And I I I, I kind of like that. Um, I don't know. It's kind of it's a, it's a veiled anonymity about the whole thing that that as Pelliquet has got that he just gets on with it. He's, he never features much on match of the day. Um, he picks up the captain's armband when 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 uh, when Gaza isn't there and just gets on with it. You know, he does. He makes he drops the odd bollock as well. You know, but um, it, that goes unnoticed as well as the good stuff. Um, that possibly that's the perfect player to have someone who's not you know making those big headlines on the hazard front. Um, I said it last week when I was in Mixelar, Marco Van Basten. It just pisses me off no end to see a player that is possibly going to be the best we've ever had. And I know Zola wins that title year in, year out, or whatever, but I'm talking in terms of technical ability, um, trophies he's won, uh, what he brings to the team. He lights that stadium up like very few players do. You know, we will never any of us that were at the Arsenal game last season forget that goal. We'll be talking about that when we're in our fucking Zimmer frames. You know, when we're in bath chairs, when we're, when we're, when people are feeding us pureed food through tubes, we'll still be able to go with that goal, eh? Um, and I just don't want to see that happen to him. And I, I hope whether we can keep him or not will, I think, as JK says, depend on how much we win um, and, and how much we pay, obviously. Um, but I do think that something needs to be like, I would hope someone in the club is making representations to the FA saying, listen, you know, you, 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 you we're not asking for different treatment. We're asking for fair treatment. If he's kicked yeah. and he goes down, he, something needs to be done. He needs protection, not any more or any less than other people. But, you know, I, I think it, it's bad. And, and it's not like Chidge. He's, he hasn't even got a bad reputation for going down. This is a guy that tries to stay on his feet a lot of the time, and it, it it's shocking to see the way he, he's the, the treatment is being meted out as a standard stop hazard methodology and the lack of protection from even the good referees. Rant over. Yeah, couldn't agree more, mate. No, no, good, good stuff. Alex, have you got anything to add on that? I mean, do you think you'll stay or go or what? A bit of blue squirrel. As at summer, he had literally <gasps> no intention of leaving Chelsea. Um. Ooh. Obviously, I haven't heard anything since. Um, interestingly, though, smart buddy, Arsenal, Gooner season ticket holder, my only friend who's a Gooner, their <laughs> perception of him is that he cons the ref a lot of the time. Wow. And, well, they can fuck off, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> As for Dave, he's like a beautiful little Spanish Duracell bunny, and I would lick him any day of the week. <laughs> he is just an epic... I just if we could clone that attitude of no moaning, <laughs> just getting on with your job mm, and doing absolutely. literally putting your face on the line every week to try and win a football match. If we had eleven like that, we'd be unstoppable. 
Can I well, say you as Jose Mourinho said a couple of years ago, didn't he? Jose said uh, if we had a team of 11 Aspilicuetas, we'd win the Champions League. So there we go. Well done, Alex. Jonathan, sorry, I, I didn't mean to no, cut No, no, I was saying, I, I don't think you need to lick him because I think he's got a little button on the side to, which you can press to see whether he's, uh, he's got enough energy or not. Can I not lick him anyway? Yes, okay. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks well, I tell you what, you know, if, if he keeps playing like that, I'll be tempted to lick him as well. Um, listen, um, I, I last, last, the last thing that I want to talk about very, very quickly, uh, I think it is. I'll turn the script, uh, script over. Um, yes, it's not really, but I'll try and make it quick. Um, yeah, I mean, actually, it was it was Hion, Hion in his wonderful kind of post-match blog, picks up on a few things, uh, key things in the game, and. Uh, one one of the things that he uh, I didn't realise this at all actually, um, which was that uh, Conte's yet to beat Liverpool um, since he arrived, which surprises me. Uh, although although Chelsea uh, are unbeaten at Anfield since two thousand and twelve, uh, but we've been unable to beat them in the previous five games in all competitions, which. I was surprised by that, but I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, the question is, do do you think Conte's got the edge on? Oh, sorry, Klopp's got the edge on Conte. I have to to, to stick my na- my colours to the the mask now and say I think that Conte is a better manager than Klopp by a country mile. But uh, I'm going to ask the question anyway, Tony. Uh, uh, I don't think he's played him. Mean, do you remember old? Um, was it Mourinho had this thing with Villa, didn't he? Never won at Villa Park yeah. or something like that. <laughs> That's right. Um, it, we played Liverpool twice last season, as I, as I recall. Um, didn't we draw at Anfield and lost at home? Um, and we've just drawn again. I, I don't think he's got too much to worry about there. Conti, to me, is learning. Um, part of the reason we drew with Liverpool is he learnt after the Atletico Madrid game what fatigue and uh, not having the same recovery time um, as the other team can mean. Um, so I'm not too worried about it. I think I like Klopp. I, I can't get away from the fact that I like him. I like he's a, one of the first Liverpool managers I've, I've actually thought of with any. But mate, 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 it's only because he looks. It's only because he looks like the Kaiser. He does look like Johnny Dyer. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, and if Johnny's listening to this, I think he's got a marginally better sense of humour. Johnny will kill me for that. <laughs> <laughs> we, we should um, also say happy birthday to the Kaiser for last we week because it was his birthday he, last week, wasn't it? Yeah, he's a he's a fine chap. But yeah, I like Klopp, and I I don't think that you. I think it's too early to tell. I think Klopp and Conte are part of this new breed of exciting young managers, which no longer includes Mourinho, um, that are doing different things with football that are breaking or disrupting the, the the normal managerial rules, but without pissing everybody off around them. That's quite a compliment for both of them. But um, no, it, it's too early to tell. I, don't, I, I think it was a good result. I, I would have taken a point before the game, Chidge. Oh, you've got to let me count well, that. Okay. Of course. Go on then. One quote, one quote, right? Klopp says, I would quit Liverpool before I'd ever time waste. That's why you're not going to win fuck all, you bellend. Because... <laughs> Sometimes you just need to suck it up. That's why you screwed up midweek. It's why you had an equaliser from us. Sometimes, just sometimes. You, I mean, you can be one of these new breed of managers that trying to trying to um, play the game a different way. Like I agree with that. What Tony's saying. But with Conte, I see a learning curve. With Klopp, I just see a scruffy bloke beating his head off a wall if he doesn't learn that sometimes you have to adapt. Otherwise, he's just going to end up like Wenger. I'll tell you what, Alex, you know, what was interesting, I did a I did a kind of a special podcast. Actually, I don't know if any of you lot heard it. It's a bit after the fact and late now, but uh, 
I, I've decided that this year, um, you know, when we play against a big rival or, or, well, actually, to be frank, it's just somebody that I know who supports another team, to be really honest. But I did kind of a special podcast uh, on Friday with uh, the lovely Oliver Bond from Anfield HQ, who I happened to meet at the Football Blogging Awards. He and I sat on the same table and we both won awards. I think he got best blogging uh, blogging site and I, we obviously got best podcast but uh, he's a decent lad so I did a podcast with him previewing the Liverpool match it was really interesting to see what he had to say about uh, Klopp uh, I mean you know he wasn't going to slag him off or, or thought he was rubbish but uh, he made the point that Klopp said when he arrived at Liverpool that he would win a win uh, win well I think win a trophy within three years and to my knowledge he hasn't yet so, you know, and I think, frankly, anybody who can't sort that defence out still in three years uh, is not a very good manager, I have to say. Um, listen, people, we, we really should move on because we've got oodles and oodles to get on to uh, tonight. Uh, so after the break, uh, we're going to have a quick look back at Chelsea's win against Carrier Bag. And uh, blow me, we've got another match uh, on Wednesday. We're playing Swansea at home. Um, but it kind of made me think... Mm. Who have we got coming up uh, over the next month or two? And uh, like uh, like Jeremy, the, uh, the, the 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 Chelsea skinhead bear, we're in for a big surprise because I think it's quite good. Anyway, after the after the break, uh, we'll be back. We'll see you in a sec. Cheech, J.K. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. 
Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and uh, you are still, hopefully, listening to the Chelsea Fancast. Uh, we are refreshed after our half-time break, uh, listening to uh, Alex's tales of her sponsored walk uh, across Jordan, where she visited Petra, amongst other things. Uh, and hopefully we'll have, a, have time to have a quick a quick chat uh, with her about that. Right, um, just really wanted to catch up on the, on the Carabag game, really, and then look ahead to Swansea and other games going forward. But the Carabag game, which I think last week we, we were all quite confident that we would win, actually, although uh, I don't think any of us foresaw how easy it would be. Although, to be honest, um, you know, the fact that we got a penalty after 20 minutes and, and their skipper got sent off pretty much, you know, ended the game really as a contest. Um, but, I, but I thought that, uh, you know, what was really interesting, I thought he was very shrewd in the way he rested the players and, and, and switched back to the 3-4-3. Uh, kind of playing Pedro and Hazard as a false number nine. But, you know, what was really pleasing about it, I think, from that point of view, was that, uh, you know, we do have a plan B. I thought we played very well, okay, given the limitations and the fact that they were down to 10 man. William, as I said earlier on in the show, was superb, as was Hazard. We scored some superb goals. Um, But the most important thing, really, Jonathan, um, is that we've we've qualified... uh, and I've done a bit of re- research. Uh, you know, our possible second round opponents, as it stood last week, are CSKA Moscow, Bayern Munich, Juventus, Sevilla, Shakhtar, Porto, Real Madrid. What a what a bizarre mix up that is! And uh, isn't, you know, isn't but that thankfully, no PSG. Isn't that if we hmm? win it, though, Isn't that if we win the um, the group? Because I, I believe so. We, I believe if so. Come, if we come second, which is still a possibility. It's um, it's un- yeah. it's uh, um, and there's always the possibility that because Ro- Atletico will be trying their, their little hearts out because uh, they can still qualify if Roma lose to Carabag. Um, there is always that possibility, and we have to finish top because then we've got the large number of people. One of whom, of course, could be Real Madrid if they finish second. But as you say, no, no PSG, which is thankful because they're looking the best team in the competition at the moment. Um, mm. But the alternative would be, I think, that if we finish second, um, it's less, isn't it? One of whom is Barcelona, so uh, mm. uh, could easily be Barcelona. So, um, you know, one uh, one of the things that I think is important about about finishing first, uh, you know, and I think all this nonsense. I mean, I think in a sense, this proves why all this nonsense. Oh, you got to finish first, otherwise you get a really good team, which I think has really been, you know, informed by the fact that Arsenal always. You know, finish second and then up, then get then get a decent team and get knocked out. But we're not Arsenal. I think for me the issue is is that if you finish first, you get to play the second leg at home, and I think that that's vitally important. That's why I think you need to finish first, Tony. Uh, I, I I'd like to think that it would make any difference. I'm I'm not convinced this year. If Real Madrid are going to finish second, having won it what, two two years on the spin, um, it maybe it shows the money filtering through to lesser clubs, if you like, and probably include us in that, um, like City and PSG, uh, who have yet to win it themselves. Um, so I'm not convinced that it makes an awful lot of difference. What I would say is that the year we won it, we finished second in our group, didn't we, I think, and um, managed to sort of punch our way through various games, uh, you know, to get to that to, to that game against Barca and then that game against Bayern. Um, if you're in the Champions League, do you want to win it by playing uh, FC Porto and teams like that? Or do you want to put yourself against the big boys and, and gauge where you 
where you are on how far you've come. I, I would fancy us against Real Madrid at the moment. Um, I would fancy us against Barcelona at the moment. I think English football has little to fear um, from from any of those clubs. PSG, um, yes, I admit they look impressive, but I would say this, PSG playing one of the shittest leagues in, the, in, in, in Europe. I mean, they're playing four guys every week, as far as I understand. They're the Celtic of France. Um, go and win something big for once. <laughs> that's as cynical as that sounds. I love France, but you know they are they are. That's exactly what they are to me. So I think, um, yeah, I think it's it, it, it finish top. Then you know if you do pull a Real Madrid or one of the other teams that happen to finish second out of out the hat, um, you know satisfy yourself. What it does prove, Chidge, is that anybody who looked at our group and thought it was going to be an absolute walkover for us doesn't know much about football. Carabag was a little known entity, but Roma and Atletico Madrid are both proven uh, teams. Uh, and that was always going to be a tough group. And to get out of it is was priority one. Yeah, I, I well, and I think we will. And I, and, I, and I don't think any of us on this show thought it was going to be easy at all looking at that. I thought it was one of the hardest groups, actually. Because like you said, even Carabag, who were on paper shit, that was always going to be tough to, on paper, really, to go out there and, yes. and everything that that entailed. Um, Alex, I mean, you know, given all of this, you know, do you, do you think we do you think we've got a sneaky chance? I mean, my, my feeling on it, Alex, is that you know, from now on, it's a cup competition, and and as we know better than most, you need a lot of luck to go far. So, you know, on that basis, why can't we, you know, do well in it this year? I just I couldn't give a rat's ass whether we finished first or second, um, as we proved in two thousand and twelve. You have to if you don't punch your way through, like you say, in a cup competition against anyone who's put ahead of, ahead of you, in front of you, sorry, you don't deserve to win it. So, yeah, yeah. And like you say, it's a cup competition. Mm. You get to a, I mean, it's, it's maybe, yeah, it's a bit of the luck of the draw, but also it's like I said, if you don't beat anyone that's put in front of you in that competition, you don't deserve to win it. But the trouble is, having supported point. Chelsea for so long, though, I, I like... Sneaking into the sneaking into the finals of things by playing not very good teams. And, no, because then, you then you're Arsenal. Then you're Arsenal. No, we're just well, old, Alex. We're just old uh, and grateful. Yes. Exactly, exactly. I mean, in 1970, I was very pleased that we drew Watford in the semi-final rather than Leeds. Yeah, exactly. And, that. Uh, exactly so uh, you know that, that when I, and that was a big moment for me. I remember I remember sitting glued to my radio and when we drew Watford I rejoiced because I knew we'd beat them. We beat them 5-1. That was a wonderful wonderful. Here's piece. the thing Jonathan, Jonathan. Yeah. I got a question for you because we got we got we've got Atletico Madrid yeah. on the 5th, a uh, week on a week on uh, week on Tuesday. Um you know, because we've already qualified, it, it begs an interesting question as to whether Conte will will rest a lot of players, and in that ca- and, and quite possibly, you know, throw throw that game to, for want of a better word, which means we won't we would finish second, and and then the, you know the chips fall where they may. I mean, do you think he might do that? That's a very good point, Chidge. No. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't think he would, though. I don't think he would. Not from um, West Ham. Well, <laughs> really. <laughs> 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 it'll be interesting, wouldn't it? It'll put a very, it'll give him a very interesting spin as a manager. I mean, not that we need, he needs to give us that because he's obviously a great manager. But yeah, that will. I perhaps he'll give. He might give the the slightly lesser lights a go. You know, he might. Uh, um, you know, where I'm saying he might give Luis a go, um, who I think is now no longer first choice centre half. I think Christensen is for the league games, 
um, and he might give uh, Rudiger a go. Um, I think he'll, you know, money. That was what play, they played in the in the Carabag game. So it looks to me as if he's mm. he's he's verging towards two teams practically, two different teams for both the uh, Champions, Champions League and the league games. So. I mean, just just to, just to kind of the final point on Carabao, because I think that that that, that segues beautifully into it. And I, I actually, I mean, okay, given that uh, you know they had a man sent off after twenty minutes, and I, you know the game was over after that. It really, really was, you know, double jeopardy and all of that. But actually, you know, he did manage to to rest a lot of players, and it, it seems to me as if he is trying to do something that he's never really done very successfully before when he was at Juve- Juventus. Which is to, which is to to kind of rotate rotate the players and manage manage the huge amount of games with which he has to deal with at the moment. So, you know, who's to say that a he won't do that against Atletico, and who's to say that it it wouldn't be an issue and would still win? Anyway, uh, other stuff that's coming up. Obviously, we've got um, Swansea on Wednesday. Very, very, very annoyingly, I can't be there because I've got to work, which is uh, one of the onerous things in life. And, of course, it's not on the bloody TV either. So, you know, anyway, whatever. Bottom line is, though, Tony, it should be routine, shouldn't it? Oh, don't. Why do you come to me? I'll tell you why. <laughs> I, was, I think I was I was one of the few that said, no, we'll walk over Palace. That's unbelievably shit. They haven't scored a goal. They haven't won a game. Uh, they looked like they were dead on their arse. And look what happened. Um, and, and, and Swansea are in a real slump at the moment. Second from bottom, I think. Um it depends whether Paul Clement, I guess, thinks he can actually get a result at Stamford Bridge. Um, uh, you know, we've we've not been phenomenal at Stamford Bridge this season. Uh, it's a game that's set up as a, as a bloody banana skin, isn't it, really? You know, that a team on their arse at the bottom of it will come and uh, yeah, just, just come and, and disrupt everything. I, I possibly think that... I'll, I'll be controversial here, I think. Uh, Swansea survived last year because of the new manager bounce that they got when Clement came in. Um, and this time, a bit like Everton for maybe a few years, um, things are coming, their chickens are coming home to roost and actually they're not good enough. Um, and I would suspect we can get that game, but only by a goal, 1-0 or 2-1. That would be a prediction. Mm. And You know, I it, but... You know, I, I, I detest making predictions because you just know, it, 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 isn't it true? I think one of ours is one of the only leagues where, you know, top can be beaten by bottom and it happens, you know, look at, you know, uh, Huddersfield turning over, I don't mean their bottom, but your smaller teams, um, Huddersfield turning over United and then nearly turning over City on, on, on Sunday. And I think that's A, the beauty of the league and also B, the ugliness of it if you happen to be in one of the bigger teams um, and you start thinking to yourself, oh yeah, this is, it's only Swansea, bloody hell, you know. So I'll go mm. for a single goal win. Okay. Well, I mean, the th- I'm I'm looking at this in a in a very different way actually, because you know I did a bit of, I did a bit of homework, very unusual for this show, that's for sure. Uh, but I've had a look at our matches coming up, and but on on the basis, what I looked for was okay, what's the next biggest big match that we've got coming up, where you know we might be a little bit kind of mm, not sure if we're going to win that one. Uh, and actually, our next matches are as follows, and this takes us up to January the third, which is our next big match when we play Arsenal away. Uh, we've got Swansea at home, Newcastle at home, Atletico Madrid away, West Ham away, Huddersfield away, Sweet Southampton words. at home, Bournemouth in the League Cup away, Everton away, Brighton at home, Stoke at home. Uh, you know why I'm looking at that? That we should be looking at that 
you know, to pick up maximum points, I think. I really do. And there's another reason I say that, is if, if you look at who else, are, if you like, rivals have got, uh, in the same period, City have got United uh, on the 10th of December and Spurs on the 16th of December. United have got Arsenal on the 2nd of December and obviously City on the 10th. Arsenal have got Man United and Liverpool. Spurs have got City away and Liverpool, as I said, have got Arsenal. So all of our rivals are playing each other and, and will inevitably lose points. And yet we've got a run of, of, of games against teams that we should beat. You know, on paper, we have better players than them. We, if we turn up, should beat them. So this period now, between now and, uh, and the new year, we've got a prime <laughs> opportunity to, to catch up to catch up and take advantage, uh, Jonathan. That's what I think. I think we'll, uh, the only difficult one for me is Huddersfield because they, was, they, they defend like yeah. mad people. I watched the game against Man City. My God, they, 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 make, they, don't, they just boot the ball up the pitch. You know, they don't even bother to have anybody up. It's just, it's, and they look for a, you know, it's like watching um, uh, West Brom when they Chelsea play Chelsea well. play Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, it's very similar, very similar. And um, by the way, sorry to correct you, but Atletico's at home; it's not away. And, of course, uh, it is. My, my and, mistake. And I think my I think mistake. Bournemouth is at home as well. I think you're um, right. I know. I don't know why yeah. I did that. You yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's understandable. But um, it's understandable because it's got so much writing a script. It's so much to do. Um, uh, but uh, I, I think I think we'll win them all. I, I don't I don't yeah, have any so... qualms at all. I think we'll roll Swansea over. Um, sorry, Tony, but I, 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 funny enough, I'm now not being. Apologise. You, you, no, no, but I should because I should because I, I'm being positive about them in a, in a in a bizarrely in a way that is is against all my experience. But um, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, but, I want to know that feeling. Yes, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but I honestly think Swansea aren't good enough, and we're we're much better. Newcastle are playing really badly. Um, West Ham. You never know what can happen there, but I think we'll we'll nick that as well, regardless of Moyes being the manager. How does feels difficult because they defend like mad people, but all you need to do is get a goal, I think, and then you're you're away there. Saints don't look very good. Bournemouth, we've done them already. Everton are dreadful. Brighton are too naive, and Stoke, we just seem to have the Indian sign over because we're better than them. I think we'll win them all. Mm. I really do. Yeah. This yeah. is a uh, and if we then win against Arsenal, we'll have won. Uh, nine on the bounce, and you think we've only need to win four more. We've got we're near another record. Having said that, I think Man yeah, City yeah. will then have that Man City will have made another record already because Man City are really phenomenal at the moment. Um, it, they're, although, it, although they've got, although they've got the, you know, there's a chance that Spurs on their day could beat yeah, them. Yeah, And agree, United, you know, Spurs, knowing Mourinho, he could yeah. take points off them. Yeah, you can do because Mourinho's a stubborn, stubborn bastard. But um, yeah, but. Yeah. Uh, but uh, if Spurs play, play like they played against West Brom at the weekend, City will just beat them 4-0, 5-0. Spurs mm. are dreadful. So, Alex, Alex, you know, do you, do you share me and Jonathan's optimism or are you, you, you kind of more in the, in the Tony Glover depressive camp? Yeah, no, purely because it will send Tony over the edge. I'm going to say, piece of piss. Just give us the points now. Candy <laughs> oh, from a baby, Tony. Yeah, I, Stop I, being a dick. This is this is, why, this is why I secretly love the matron. Not, the matron yeah. has spoken. The matron Every, has spoken. Everything matronly, and I. I what do you I, mean secretly? Well, all right. I don't mean <laughs> but uh, I would say overtly. Overtly, yes, because well, you know, she's she's got everything. 
everything. And she's just proved it there by calling me a dick and telling me that I'm an idiot, really, for thinking any well, any that. But that's because I'm old, Alex. That's what it is, you see. Old. Old and wizened. Mm. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> the bottom think, line is... A, the bottom line step is step too far. Step too far, Tony. Thanks for sharing that with the group. <laughs> the wizened bit. That's, that's yeah. OK. Because I immediately thought of your cock. I'm afraid. I'm sorry. Yeah, about that. <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. Uh, right. Well, you know... I might have to go. And... <laughs> oh, I can't say it on air. Sorry. That can be an advantage, you know. I've been the cleanest. You need a fluffer, Tony. Yeah, yeah. Oh dear. I've, I've just got to disappear for a second. I think. Well, that's, I think that's. You need. Think you need a. Fl- I think it's the tummy wipe. Tony, up outside. T- Tony, you need a fluffer or a stunt cock. I'm not quite yes, sure I which. Think that's what I anyway, need. we <laughs> we should move on. I mean, the bottom line is, is that whatever. I mean, obviously, that you know, the proof of this will be in the pudding. But I, you know, I do think that we have uh, a real. I mean, you know, it's just the way the quirk of the fixture list. It's just worked out that we are playing. Apart from Huddersfield, I agree with J.K. about that. We're playing a lot of sides who are in trouble, who are not playing well at all. And I think this is if we can go on a run here and get one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That'd be eight wins on the bounce leading up to Arsenal. And and the other thing I think, I can't remember if I mentioned this in the show last week or in an article what I wrote, but I, I think that Chelsea are a team, actually, that the more they win, the more confident that they get. I still think there is an element, a trace of mental vulnerability when they get beaten, yes. knocks them back yeah. a game or two. But when they go on a, on a, on a, a winning run, that confidence builds and builds and builds. And I think this is the point in the season to take advantage of a our run for the next few games but also just again another quirk of the fixture list United City Spurs and Arsenal Liverpool have all got a few tough matches in there and could drop some points let's well, hope so I, right now toughest, I think we've had the toughest start of, it, of all of the teams this well, season they gave yeah. us Spurs away right, in the second game to try and yeah. Yeah. Right now, yeah. you're all going to have to shut up otherwise we have to cut Alex's talk about her sponsored walk out of the show Silence. That worked. Um, yes, um, it's it's very, 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 very serendipitous that uh, you know tonight we've got Alex on the show because uh, you know she well knows. You know the last uh, well every show for the last month or so really we've been we've been bigging her up and telling everybody that she's going on this wonderful uh, sponsored walk uh, in aid of veterans in action, which is a very worthwhile cause, and she's an absolute absolute star for doing it. And and she was telling us off air between the break actually how gruelling it was. So, I mean, very quickly, Alex, because we've got quite a lot of things to get through yet in this section, but uh, you survived, clearly. You did it successfully, um, but it was pretty gruelling, wasn't it? Yeah, the Jordanian desert is not sand dunes and uh, flat walking. It's mountains all the way. So we have literally been scrambling up the face of the Black Mountains and trying not to die in some instances because we've got to get over tiny little ledges. Um, I think my mum's going to shit a brick when she sees some of the photos, which I've tried to hide from her at the moment. Um, (laughs) But it was amazing, and I'm actually really missing the place. I never... I, I don't know that much about the Middle East, or I didn't before I went. And But actually, Jordan is like this this little beacon of hope in that region, actually. It's really liberal. The people are amazing. The Bedouin were just some of the best people I've ever met. Um, Bedouin love four things. Fags, sugar, Instagram, and their donkeys. If you try and mess with any of those, <laughs> they will edge you. But, yeah, they were absolutely amazing. And... Um, 
I said off air as well that uh, the tour director kind of said that he's never known a group bond as well as ours did. And so quickly, everybody was on the same smutty, potty mouthed level. And um, if they weren't, they were able to tolerate it. But there were only 11 of us and it was like a little family by the end of it. And actually, there was a lot of tears at the airport that he threw when we got back. Um, But yeah, it's amazing. I've put some pictures up on Facebook and I think they're... They're under my Facebook, but I'm sure I made them public, so we don't have to be friends for you to look at the albums. So uh, oh, we're all ahead. friends with you, Alex. We love you. <laughs> can I just chuck something? Um, listen, my really my old love. Yes, you can. Well, I've just before you do though, I just wanted to say, there's a lot of people who've climbed over Jordan have said that it's pretty mountainous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, indeed. <laughs> Oh, I get it. I kind of stole that from Nikki Kilduff, actually. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I can't take I can't take sole credit for that. Anyway, you're about to say something of earth-shattering importance. Uh, yeah, just quickly, um, some people who I'm friends with on Facebook. Uh, this is a much smaller venture, but last year, um, a load of Chelsea fans put together some money. Uh, what we did was find a hostel in a Chelsea relevant area. We can't say where it is because it's a safe haven. Um, for women who are victims of domestic violence and who are living mm. there with their children. So these kids are essentially homeless at Christmas. And what we did <laughs> was get a list off of them um, of everything that the kids have been asking for. And it's not a huge number of children and it's not, as I say, a massive venture, but it made all the difference in the world to the kids and to their mums that sort of like Santa hadn't ignored them and that they actually got what they'd asked for. And these women who didn't know how they were going to do Christmas were able to sort of see their kids' faces light up in difficult circumstances. And we're going to do it again. So watch out on Twitter and Facebook um, if you want to chuck some money in. Um, myself and Charlie, Chelsea Cherokees, will be doing the same bonkers run to Toys R Us again to uh, get the presents and um, we'll be able to post some pictures of the presents under the tree and last year we got a really lovely letter from the ladies who um, the mums afterwards which was anonymized but um, just so you could see how happy it made everybody involved Paul Crowder says say hello to Charlie for me I will do but um, I, I often find that I'm abusing him that much that I don't get time for niceties after what he said to me earlier on by text <laughs> when I was at work Fair after enough. what he called me a bucket and I'll leave you to uh, imagine the other word that came in front of it <laughs> was it buckethead uh, no <laughs> no okay I think I, I think I know what it was now listen Alex um I <laughs> Paul says well done Alex and laughs out loud um listen um I, I, please please tell me please tell me that you've got the uh the uh the uh, virgin money giving page still open for a while yet yeah yeah I'll leave it open for a little well thanks to Ramsey he's just been in there since we went on air and um is uh has done it. And yeah, so Mr. Kurt saying he'd love to see the location <coughs> of Indiana Jones. I actually heard today that if you'd have gone there in sort of the early 90s, just after they filmed that, apparently Petra was like Indiana Jones land and it was unbearable. But thankfully, that's all gone now. So you can just quietly sort of see Good. where they filmed it. All right. Listen, we we got we to gotta move on. But I'm just going to give people the, uh, uh, the Virgin Money Giving page, which is http colon four slash four slash uk dot virginmoneygiving.com forward slash Alexandra Churchill. So, and how long are you going to keep that open for, Alex? Uh, a couple of weeks, maybe. Okay, so you've got a couple of weeks to donate. She's 
Yeah, she's a couple of weeks to donate. She's keeping it open for for that long. Do it, do it now. All right, because she deserves it. Uh, well done, Alex. You've done us all proud, as you always do. Right, I've got a couple of uh, supportery type newsy, pluggy type things. So bear with me while I do this. Uh, right, uh, Carefree Chelsea Chance and Terrace Culture by Mark Warren and Walter Otten is now available from Amazon and the CFC UK stall from, well, from now, really. And, I mean, it's really easily it's easy to do. It's uh, £12.95p for the paper book, and it's also available on Kindle. Uh, now, more extraordinary than that, uh, the lovely chaps are having a book launch. Well, uh, not quite a book launch, but the next best thing. Uh, where they're celebrating the publication of that book and, and Tim Rolls' fabulous Diamonds, uh, uh, D- Diamonds Dynamos and Devils, fabulous which uh, I received in the post this weekend, which is marvellous. Uh, so they're going to have a little drinky at the Atlas Pub uh, after the Chelsea-Newcastle game this Saturday, uh, where they'll be selling copies of both books and uh, no doubt we'll be signing them if you ask them nicely. That's in uh, Seagrave Road, if you don't know where the Atlas is. Um, and uh, actually, on the same day, it's going to be a hell of a weekend this weekend, um, the lovely chaps from uh, London is London is blue. Come on, you blues, as uh, they are prone to say. Uh, well, they're over this weekend, and uh, we're, we've decided to, to have a bit of a drinky with them. And we're going to, and actually, much more interesting, we're going to be doing a joint podcast with them live on Mixler, but we're doing it live from the Chelsea Pensioner Pub. Uh, which everybody knows where that is. It's a very popular pub. Uh, and we're going to go to the book launch, uh, Marco's book launch first, and then we're going to go over to the Chelsea Pensioner. And uh, we're going to do this uh, live on Mixler podcast with the boys from London is Blue. So there we go. Uh, we're going to kick off at half five. That's the idea. And then after we've done the show, which you're more than welcome to come along to, we can all have a drink and a chat afterwards. But it, the space is very limited. You can literally only... Um, you can only really fit about 30 people in there. So let us know if you're coming. Otherwise, you might not be able to get in. Uh, and, of course, easy to do, chelseafancast at gmail.com or just tweet us at chelseafancast and let us know. Very simple. So what say you to that, folks? Will you be around on Saturday for that, for either of those two events? Sadly, I won't, um, because I'm going to be in Copenhagen. Well, then you won't, you won't be on the show then. You won't be on no, the show then, Tony. It's that I'm, simple. Because my time is shit. But, um, you know, we booked Copenhagen back in February, way before these things come out. And um, there you go. Um yeah, I should be raising a glass to you all. A glass of wonderful, co- wonderful glass. Copenhagen. Indeed, yes, yes. So. Indeed, indeed. Alex, will you be around uh, after the game? Why not? Why not? Well, if you come to the pensioner as well, then you might get on the show because I'm going to try and, you know, whoever turns up from the fan cast intermittently, I will get you all on. But from if what you- I understand, we've only got. Well, hang on, let me finish. We've, we've only got. We've either got at best four mics. And there'll be me plus two of them, and I think we will. I will do a Antonio Conte squad rotation from whatever fan casters are there. So we get two. Yeah. If so you we get can two, get me two up of each. earlier rather than later, it should yeah. be fine. Whatever we'll do, whatever we can. But I mean, basic. Jonathan, are you, you're 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 up for it, aren't you, mate? You're what around. Time, what time's the Newcastle game? I've forgotten. Is it midday? Twelve thirty. Twelve thirty kickoff. Yeah, twelve thirty. Yep. So then, then, then straight after. after Atlas after that, definitely. And then come on. Yeah, to the Atlas for I'm, the book launch. I'm absolutely yeah, so your man. You I'd love to do it. I'll do them Lovely. Both. So there we go. So the, the, that'd be lovely. So we'll have a few people on there. Because I'll tell you what, Jonathan, yes. if by that stage I am so pissed that I can't speak, you'll have to be Chidge. 
I'm happy to be you. I'm happy, to, but I don't want to wear your yes. clothes. Okay. <laughs> no, no, uh, that, well, I would. I, me neither, because it'll be cold, and I'll be running around in the nude, and we can't have that. Because uh, I shall be wizened like Tony. We can't have that. Uh, all right. Okay. Uh, like on, on to more serious. On to. Oh, very good. Uh, listen. Um, yeah. Uh, people, come along, but let me know because it could be a. Cra- it's going to be a great afternoon. I mean, the book launch will be great. The Atlas is a great boozer. And then, you know, we can go, go, go over to the pension and have a bit of fun with the Londonese Blue Boys. So there we go. Right. Um, some very important news I need to give out from the trust's perspective, actually. So I put my serious, non-smutty carry-on head on. Uh, first of all, as, as many of you know, particularly those of you who were at Liverpool, Ramsey was, I know that for a fact, a shed up a man in Mixler at the moment, uh, and who's also on the uh, Supporters Trust board, by the way. But uh, Thomas, Thomas Cockup, as we should call them, Thomas Cook, made an absolute uh, fiasco of getting home from the Liverpool game uh, because basically their buses from Anfield were late to the station and the train, that the special train that they organised had gone and they managed to leave about 150 to 200 Chelsea supporters stranded uh, at the station uh, and, and it took them a while to uh, get uh, coaches up there to ferry people home. Basically, people were hanging around all night uh, with no idea what was going on, there was no liaison going on, there was no information or communication, and people were ending up basically not getting back to London until like 7 or 8 in the morning, which is just, I'm sorry, not good enough. Uh, Tim Rolls, thankfully, was there and was one of those affected, and of course most of you will know that Tim was one of the, well he was the Supporters Trust chairman before me. Uh, and he steamed about it, and thankfully we, we, or he, and then we got in touch with the club, uh, and uh, I have to say that the club's response, I can't say any more than that, but we got a very, very quick and immediate response, and they've been very good, and I do see that actually today they've put out a statement saying that uh, they're going to provide at least £200 compensation for people who were affected. Uh, that I know that they're getting on Thomas Cook's case to... Uh, to sort it out and uh, find out what went wrong, and, and sincerely hope that nothing, you know, that it doesn't happen again. But it was, it's just appalling, and in this day and age, it shouldn't happen at all. Uh, but I'm, I know that the club have taken it seriously. They've acted quickly, and I, and one has to say, fair play, well done for them to do for doing that. Um, in the meantime, you know, me via the trust and Twitter and Facebook, we've been asking uh, anybody who was affected, who did get stranded there to email their experience to inquiries at chelseasupporterstrust.com uh, and the reason for that is that we can then pass that straight to the club and I'm, I'm talking right to the top uh, and then we and that, that will go directly to Thomas Cook and will be part of Chelsea's discussion with Thomas Cook about what they're going to do to make sure this doesn't happen again as well as any compensation so please keep sending them in I've got quite a few that came in today and I, I will reply to those who have already sent them in I've been busy as hell today but hopefully before I go to bed tonight I would have replied to you to say thank you uh, right more important Chelsea Sports Trust news uh, this Saturday before uh, the Newcastle game I told you it was a busy day on Saturday um, at the CFC UK store, we're going to be collecting food for the Hammersmith and Fulham Food Bank. Now, the food bank gives three days of emergency food to local individuals and families in crisis. And believe it or not, in Hammersmith, that's a real problem. You know, it might be rich as creases down the road, but up there, that's a real issue. Uh, and, and food banks currently in need of tinned fruit, tinned vegetables, tinned meat, long life milk, long life juice, Rice, tinned rice pudding, sponge pudding, and tinned tomatoes and pasta sauce. Uh, they currently have loads of baked beans, tea, and pasta, and politely request that you don't bring them along. 
Uh, now, there are four home games, including the Newcastle game, before Christmas, so hopefully we can get lots of donations by then. But if you could bring any of the, the items that I listed to the CFC UK store, which, of course, as you all know, is opposite uh, Fulham Broadway, the main Fulham Broadway tube entrance is opposite there. Bring them along there, and we'll deal with it, and we'll get it to the local food bank. But if you could uh, to join in with that, that would be lovely. And, of course, as always, you can join the Trust and get your voice heard by the club. It's absolutely, completely and utterly free to join up to be a member. But if you want to have a badge and you want to be able to vote and attend the meetings, then you have to pay five quid. But basically, you know, just join up. Anybody can join up. doesn't matter where you are from in the world. Uh, you just go on the website and you join up. You don't have to pay any money. But as I said, if you want to be a voting member and come to the meetings, then you need to pay five pounds. But you do get a lovely, shiny Supporters Trust badge for that. Get on it, people. Uh, it's ChelseaSupportersTrust.com. And of course, you can follow them at Chelsea S Trust. Now, there's a... Uh, Final plug, really, just for us. And uh, I'm delighted to say that lots of people have done this. Late, this is uh, my wonderful uh, mate, JP. Very, very nice of you to do this. But um, you can you can kind of help uh, fund the show, really. Um, you know, as people know, you pay only a pound for a fanzine. So why not just pay a little bit every month uh, for the fan cast? Just to say thank you, help us cover our costs. It's called Patreon, and it means you become a Chelsea fan cast Patreon. Uh, and uh, all you have to do is go to patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash Chelsea fancast and you can donate whatever you want there's no pressure uh, and uh, you know it's all in dollars so you know basically double the donation then it then it makes sense in pounds but uh, <laughs> really no pressure it's just a nice touch we don't uh, insist that you do it the fancast will continue with or without the donations and uh, just a very quickie because Steve Moe has said uh that he never received his supporters trust badge. Steve, email me at the show or or or, or the supporters trust email address. But basically, email me and I'll I'll make sure that gets to the right people. All right, fella, we can't have you not having a badge, can we? Right after the break, we have the most mammoth amount of emails we've ever had. Uh, there's a very good chance that we might not be able to read them all out, but we will carry on reading them next week in fact what will happen is jonathan and i will carry on the show after you've all gone home still reading the emails out but anyway we'll get on with it in a sec see you then real fans real opinions i'm jason cundy and you're listening to the chelsea football fancast up the chelsea football fancast Welcome back, I'm Stanford Chidge and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast and we are on the home straight. Now, uh, as you know, uh, I, I had a bit of a moan because uh, we didn't get any emails the other week and I was a bit upset, <laughs> I have to say. You know, because I can't have Jonathan out of work for anything. It's terrible. And of course, I, I shouldn't have said a bloody word, really, because we've had we've had eight in. And of course, what's <laughs> happening these days? The kind of emails, kind of emails we're getting in are brilliant. And the reason they're brilliant is that people are, uh, you know, with a little bit of uh, kind of cajoling from us, are sending in, you know, how they became Chelsea supporters. So we're getting like we're getting essays from people. You know, so uh, so there we go. But uh, enough of me. I mean, the first one, Jonathan, isn't like that, but it's kind of an update from our mate Russell Saunders, who uh, is the secretary of the Melbourne Ch uh, Chelsea supporters group. Um, and, of course, we were having a bit of a chat about cricket last week, weren't we, Jonathan? So I thought this was quite appropriate to start off with this one. Yes, as he's uh, writing this whilst he's in the middle of the game and the ridiculous debacle that we had to uh, 
put up with in the end the uh, the capitulation mm. that uh, when you think about it was probably inevitable but the whole business with um, poor old Bairstow and this completely childish made up story by the Australians is uh, taking it to a new level of um, of awfulness but uh, I digress he said getting depressed about the whole thing anyway back to Russell who uh, I have to take my hat off to Russell I think um uh, his role as the uh, the secretary at Melbourne is Chelsea secretary is fantastic, and their their um, uh, as we'll see their uh, um, how do you describe it their um, uh, what you call it their magazine that they put out every every well I can't remember how often it goes out but it's brilliant completely superb um, uh, he calls it what exactly it is and I've forgotten but because I've read these before funnily enough I've done a bit of work on them because they're they're complicated some of these emails but anyway here we go. Um, and they're all uh, excellent. Here we are. Dear Chidge, JK and gang, I'm up in Brisbane for a few days of the first test match, hoping it's a better performance than when I was there last time. I spent more daytime in the pub then, I think, as the match was going pear-shaped. There's nothing worse than sitting among smug Australian cricket fans when they're winning. End of day three as I send this and the locals probably have the upper hand in a match that has been very topsy-turvy. As you uh, had been light of emails recently, I thought I'd send another, but explaining a few of my frustrations in running the true blue gold affiliation for our Melbourne club with Chelsea FC. For any of your listeners who don't know what that is, our club pays CFC £175 to have the ability of getting home match tickets on any true blue member who is on our list and obviously in London for the match they've chosen. The system works great, apart from when we have the category AA matches and the allocation is capped at 500 tickets. And that's when clubs who are significantly closer than 10,000 miles away decide to make a club outing for it. There are a few issues with it for me, though. Loyalty points. If you renew before August, you get five free. That will enable any of our members the ability to request a category AA ticket if we play before December the 31st. To get to the spuds or bin dippers in the second half, you need to find another five points. The only way you do that at the moment is to buy a ticket for a cup match. Therefore, you spend another £25 for a ticket that you have no intention of using and it sits at the box office never to be used, like the seat inside the ground. There is no other option for our members and other members around the world. Laughably, it's also the same for European affiliated clubs. You don't need to be fantastic at geography to work out how long it takes to get to London from Belgium, probably two hours on a train. To get to London from Melbourne, you have to get to the airport, naturally. Then you're there about three hours before your flight is scheduled to depart. And depending on your airline and price, you are around 25 hours of travel away from London. That's one of the shorter hops with someone like BA or Qantas. Four seasons ago, the extra five points wasn't needed. I, I don't know why they changed it. Every meeting they arrange for supporters clubs, I highlight the scenario to question that aspect of the system. And I'm never there to argue the point in person. I'm not sure how much airtime it gets. Why not have overseas members accrue loyalty points with megastore purchases? You can cap it at the extra five points too. No one wants to waste money and a seat, do they? 
Next point slash moan. Chelsea should cross-reference members on the Chelsea database to put true blue members in touch with their local club. It's so painful to meet a member who's decided to join our local club and see that they've ticked off the box that says they're a true blue member too. We need 30 to qualify for gold. It's something we do with ease now, as we do have plenty of fantastic members who see the bigger picture and realise the ability to get a match ticket is massive for the growth of our fan base so far away from Stamford Bridge. I've come around slowly to the fact that some members only join to get our help with tickets. It used to wind me up more. I struggled to understand why people wouldn't continue their membership. Dan's newsletter is worth it alone. There was the word I was looking for. Dan's newsletter, which is fantastic. One step up on the affiliation ladder is platinum. That enables your club to request away match tickets, a considerably lower allocation than home matches. And I've heard of plenty of disgruntled stories due to the club's way of distribution. Only 32 clubs can be platinum, though. I understand why it has to be capped and perhaps why UK and Europe would be the majority of them. But why couldn't the rest of the world ones be rotated around? Once again, I'm mentioning the time involved to travel. Travel. Supporters living in Australia and other far-flung places plan a trip well ahead of fixture dates and TV changes. Myself, as an example, I've already booked a trip back next August. I would be devastated to be in the UK and not get a ticket for a match if we happen to have two away games in a row. One final point on the ticketing process with the club. We're in 2017 and yet making the payment for the tickets is with credit card details in an email. I know we have young members in Melbourne technically gifted enough to set up a secure online process. Can Chelsea not find someone? If you read this after the Bin Dippers match, then I hope we've got a result up there. It was the last of some hideous kickoff times for our part of the world. We do have three 11.30pm kickoffs in December, so hopefully Andrew Bailey will bother coming to the pub again this season <laughs> to watch one of them with his mates. Up with Chelsea, Russ. P.S. If I see any of our Aussie-born Melbourne members with a green and yellow bucket on a, on their head this actually summer, I'll be charging them double for membership next season. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Oh, man. That was... What what a fantastic fantastic email! I do love Russ. He's he's also very funny. I mean, as you know, Jonathan, he was sending uh, actually a, a very quick point because he sent a couple of videos, didn't he, on Twitter about the Barmy Army yes. singing and, and mentioning yes, and that the their, their songs would be nicked from Chelsea. Yeah. But what he doesn't know, what he doesn't know, is that the many of the founding members of the Barmy Army were Chelsea supporters. So yes. that's possibly why there's this legacy of Chelsea songs. So there it's you go. Like, um, the other thing, Russ. The, yeah, sorry, so yeah. It is, yeah. No, that's that's all right, mate. Um, I just wanted to say, I mean, that that's a brilliant uh, expose of of how difficult it is to get tickets if you're an overseas, even as an overseas, a member of an overseas members group or uh, supporters club. Uh, Russ, I mean, I I'm going to put this in front of Dan uh, Silver, and I might actually, uh, uh, you know, anonymize it to a certain extent and send it to the club. What I can tell you is that. Um, Chelsea Supporters Trust had a meeting with the club a couple of weeks ago and we raised this very issue with them. Uh, the only meaningful response that I got per se, I mean, I can't really tell 
you know, the details of the meeting because we're kind of, you know, not really, it's part of the agreement, to be honest. But I think that generally the club kind of get a bit fed up with some aspects of the overseas members, many of whom, you know, they all want to go to Man United. And, and the club's argument seems to be that, well, you know, it's it's easy to get to some of the other games, so why don't they go to that? Because surely you're coming to see Chelsea, which I think that is, is kind of... I can see the point in that, but they are missing the point because I think there's some very real concerns here. But, Russ, leave it with me, and I will just keep hammering on on this point until we try and get some traction. But that's a brilliant email. Sorry, Jonathan, to steal your thunder a bit, but I wanted to kind of respond to Russ properly no, no, there. Mate. Anyway, Jonathan, uh, ne- this is a cracker, this next email, so off you go, mate. But it, he, wants, he wants you to read it. He says, he says, I, he oh, says, does he? He says, I feel I've written this in Chidge's voice. I think Chid should read it. Oh, Do the honours, oh, Big oh, Dave. Oh, oh. Okay, mate. Well, of course, it. as you well know, Kenroy, Kenroy is, uh, is, is our new mate from uh, St. Lucia, which is one of my favourite Caribbean islands. And I promise you, Kenroy, I will get out there again in the not-too-dim-and-distant, and I will, I will go and look you up, and we'll go and have a, have a few rums, all right? Uh, and, of course, he was very upset that we didn't read this last week. And I don't know how we managed to miss this off the list, but uh, we, I, fa- I found it, and here it is. Dear JK and the boys, I, I feel like I've written this email in Chidge's voice. I think Chidge should read it. Do the honours, Big Dave. Dudes, I take full blame for the lack of emails last week. My bad. I've been meaning to write this email for ages, but, well, I'm a slacker. I've also been telling Benjito he should write in, but, well, he's a slacker. It's not good enough, boys. Sort it out. Anyways, Eden Hazard. Is it a case where, if we love him, we should let him go? The question is whether we think he can become the best. He can absolutely be in the Premier League. If not, would we rather see him leave and become the world's best or stay and always be on the cusp? I personally think that he will be offered more protection in another league where it's more about the football rather than the mad Phil Jones, Sergio Aguero, Roy. I'm not going to say that word. It's very naughty, but I think you know what it is. It begins with a C. Oops, Keen. Uh, Paul Scholes, Stone Cold Steve Austin kinds of tackles. I think under those conditions, he could really, really peak. Obviously, it would be great to do it here at Chelsea, but if it ain't going to happen, I wouldn't begrudge him if he leaves to pursue greater things as long as we're prepared for it. I'm interested to see just how good he can be. Many thanks. Kenroy, Justin, St. Lucia. P.S. J.K., you and Chidge look as if you're about to kiss in this pic that I've sent. Chidge is a married man. Uh, well, obviously, sadly, you lot out there can't see this picture because uh, you're listening in black and white. But uh, Jonathan will remember this, uh, no doubt, and the others have got a copy of the script, so they know what we're talking about. But it looks a bit odd, doesn't it, JK? I look, I, I'm looking at you lovingly, and you're looking back at me lovingly. But that was from that video that we made for that Israeli TV channel, isn't it? I was going to say, is that Hebrew across the bottom yeah. and why? But, but they changed, they directed us, because she, the, the director said, would you now kiss? And you and I both said, yeah, okay. Oh. For an extra five. I forgot five about the tongues. No, we didn't really. I'm just making yeah. that up. <laughs> yeah. I just it made that look up. a bit suspect. I'm, I'm, no, talk amongst no. yourselves, because I'm about to do the mother of all sneezes. Oh, okay. No, we were just interested in each other. <coughs> we just we were just going. Mm. You know, that's right. We agree, weren't we, or something? I don't know what that says there. It'd be nice to be able to read the I know, Hebrew I know. because then we'd know what we were saying. I know. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if Yaren if Yaren Levy was in here and he could see this, he could probably tell us. But never mind. Listen, yeah. just very quickly, I think we answered the uh, the whole hazard conundrum early, didn't we? We, we yeah, now, we're, we're a bit I don't agree with Kenroy at all. Yeah. I think um, no, I don't, nor do I. I, think, I don't no. want to see him go to Real Madrid so that we can say, "Oh, yeah, he's become a very good player." No, we, we, I want him to stay at Chelsea for the rest of his career. Excuse me. Hell Kenroy. yeah, yeah. Bloody hell, Kenroy! What yeah. I know, yeah. oi! 
Mate. Well, you've been smoking, mate. You've been smoking some Jamaican cigars or what, you know. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with the boys and the girl here. Uh, for me, it's Chelsea FC first. It's not about the players, not even about the managers. It's about the club. And either you want to be at the club and you stay there for your whole career and you make us better or you jog on, you know. That's but I like... wouldn't ever encourage a I wouldn't ever encourage a player to leave Chelsea to better his career. I don't care what happens to him after they leave here. In That's fact, I usually like wish bad things on them, Scott although I always nice really them when they drunk, come back. Right. That's like me getting Scott Eastwood really drunk and then saying, oh, no, no, be gone. You could get a way sexier girlfriend than me. It's just bollocks. It wouldn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, And anyway, how could, anybody get a, how could anybody get a way sexier girlfriend than you? It's just impossible, Alex. You're such a sweet talker. Are you allowed to say that anymore, Chidge? I didn't think you could say that kind of thing. Isn't that pestering? <laughs> pestering is well, not, the guy not that enough, kept grabbing a... my crutch outside Petra. That's oh pestering. God, that's was that pestering. Donald Trump? Yeah, yeah. Was that yeah, Donald yeah, Trump? Yeah, yeah. What was he doing out in? What was he doing out there? No, it wasn't. It was some guy called Mohammed, and it was not appreciated. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm allowed to say things like that because a, I'm charming and a smooth talker, and b, I've been married for nearly 25 years. And c, because Alex so is hypersensitive and ridiculous and doesn't interpret everything. I'm as a safe. Of femininity. I'm safe. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> safe, old, and past it, basically, Alex. <laughs> That's the reality. Sadly, uh, but thankfully, unlike Tony, uh, I, I am not wizened. Oh, uh, sorry, I was just writing down. Bollocks, Alex is someone's girlfriend. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, that's, that's to my fireworks this evening. No, I, uh, <laughs> I, I forgot what the point was. I like, I like Russ's one. Uh, like you, you're right, Kenroy. Kenroy, you're wrong. We do not want him to go. Because once the players <laughs> left Chelsea... We love you, we love you, but you're wrong. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't, I couldn't give a shout. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be like... watching him bagging a hat-trick against like some bottom end of arse yeah. Spanish team going, oh, I'm really glad he left us. Now he looks really yeah. special. I, I feel the same way about Arjen Robin. I never wanted him to leave, and when he left, I, I, I resent every good thing he does in football because I think he could have done it for us. <laughs> He's a wonderful. We're not player, bitter Robin. at all. I love Robin. He is, what he a is. player! Oh. But he was much more wonderful at Chelsea, Jonathan. He kept right. Come on, over. let's get on with the emails because we've got another, we've got another two to get let's through. Let's read this one. Okay, this is email three from Simon Young. There's a bit in this. I read this before. I got all tearful just to warn you. Because um, uh, it's a lovely, it's a lovely bit in the middle of this, um, uh, and I have great empathy because uh, I had the same, I had the same uh, experience with my father. Anyway, um, uh, Simon Young, dear Chidge and the gang, after listening to your podcast the other week, the one which J.K. had no emails to read out, I decided it must be my turn to write in. My reason for supporting Chelsea is still something of a mystery to me. I was born in 1962 in Northampton and I had no connection with London or Chelsea. My memory was that I was watching Match of the Day in the late 60s and Chelsea were playing Derby County and lost 2-0. I felt sorry for Chelsea, so they became my team. Decades later, when the internet invaded our lives, I just started to find out more about that match. The only thing I found out was Chelsea never lost 2-0 to Derby in the late 60s. <laughs> <laughs> so so now, now I've got no idea why Chelsea became my team. Chelsea versus Derby was, was on match of the day on the 11th of October 1969, but it finished 2-2. Whatever game it was doesn't really matter. By the time the cup final rolled around in April 1970, I was a dyed-in-the-wool Chelsea fan. I watched both the, oh, fantastic. Yeah, I watched both the final and the replay at my granddad's house as he was the only member of our family with a colour TV. 
when I say I watched it, I actually spent most of the time in the back in his back garden because I was too nervous to watch. Thankfully, Chelsea dispatched dirty leads in the replay and lifted the trophy. I was in blue heaven. I have to say that didn't leave me. I watched the uh, the Barcelona Chelsea game, which when we won it, when we drew, I should say, and got to the final. I I I hid, went into the garden as well. I had exactly the same experience. So uh, it doesn't leave you that I find. Anyway, in 1973, my dad took 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 me to my first Chelsea match. Man United were the visitors to the bridge for Bobby Charlton's last ever game for United. I was there. We sat in the old West Stand, bang in line with the halfway line. The old East Stand had been demolished and the new East Stand was in the very early stages of being built. I was in the West Stand too that day. 44,000 were packed into a three-sided Stamford Bridge and I was overawed. The game itself was a fairly drab match, but Aussie scored the only goal of the game So I went home a very happy boy. That night, we watched the game again on Match of the Day and cheered all over again when Chelsea won and spoilt Charlton and United's day. Over the next few seasons, me and my dad did the occasional match. Duncan McKenzie's Chelsea debut away to Coventry. Ron Harris's final game for Chelsea versus Oldham and a few less memorable games, which I've long since forgotten. By the 80s, I was going on my own to Stamford Bridge. But as we all know, attending football matches in the 80s could be a dangerous pastime. Even so, I still went to as many games as I could afford. One of my favourite ever games was the full members cup against Man City at Wembley. There were Chelsea fans everywhere that day, including the Man City end. There were so many Chelsea fans queuing to get in. We got caught in a massive crush outside and missed the first goal of the game. Luckily, I was inside Wembley in time to see the next eight goals. Chelsea won 5-4. What an incredible game. I was told there were roughly 50,000 Chelsea fans there that day. And to this day, I still sing, when Pates went up to lift the Members' Cup, we were there, we were there. Were any of you guys in the 50,000 that day? Over the next decade or so, my match attending started to slow up considerably. Life, mates, drinking women and work all seemed to get in the way but i was always a chelsea fan i just didn't get to the games in 2005 my son harrison was born by the time he was six he started to get into football i decided not to influence which team he would support but just to let him decide for himself very strong man thankfully he chose chelsea in february 2012 i took him to his first chelsea match it was against bolton and we arrived early I took him into the mega store and spent a fortune in there. Still with time to kill before kickoff, we went in an hour before the start and just sat in our seats, shed lower. I looked over at the new West Stand and thought about me and my dad 39 years earlier. My dad died in 2009 and I'm not ashamed to say the tears rolled down my cheeks as I thought about our first match there together. My son just looked at me with a confused look on his face. Chelsea beat Bolton 3-0 that day with goals from Luis, Drogba and Lampard, who, in my opinion, is Chelsea's greatest ever player. I think you're not wrong there. Since then, Harrison and I have been regular visitors to the bridge. We normally go to about eight or nine games a season. He loves Chelsea just as much as I do, probably even more. It's in his blood and he'll be a fan for life. Hopefully he'll have kids in a few years and take them to Chelsea too. 
Anyway, sorry to drone on a bit. No, you haven't. I just wanted to make sure you don't have an empty email slot on your show again. Thank you. Keep up the great work you all do to get the fan cast out there and for making it such a great listen for all Chelsea fans. Keep the blue flag flying high. Best regards, Simon Young. Fabulous. Fantastic. What a what a great email. Um, so many so many parallels with me there. So many parallels there with me. And with the starting in nineteen seventy and remembering games against, you know, Derby County and uh, and, and, and the bit where he says, you know, his, his granddad was the only one who had a, a colour TV. We never had one. So at that 1970 Cup final, both games, black and white. <laughs> if you remember that Wembley pitch, you, you had grey versus white uh, played on a slightly similar grey pitch, really. It was just such a mess. Yeah, very, very good email. I really enjoyed that. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Well done. It was, wasn't it? Actually, and and thanks, thanks for the kind words about the show, Simon. They're always very much appreciated. Very sweet of you. But lovely story, actually. Um, J.K., I fear that this might have to be the last one tonight. I think it. Well, well let's let's try and fit the others in next week if we can. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah but this is an absolute barnstormer as well, isn't it? And a very similar yeah. theme as I recall. Absolutely. Well done, everybody. This is from Dean Silsby. Hi, my name's Dean. I've listened to your show for a year now. Pretty damn good, if I may say so, guys. Not forgetting Alex, also known as the girl who likes balls. An amazing voice, I must say. Did you know that, Alex, that you, people think you've got an amazing voice? You're... No. Anyway, Yeah, interesting. I heard that only one email was sent in over the last two weeks. So, so I thought I would send one myself about some of my experiences in the shed. Also things that just sum up Chelsea fans. My first experience of the shed was Wrexham in 1980, 2-2, the buzz, the noise. 2001, if I'm correct, that always stuck in my mind for some reason. I was sat in the West Benches, burger for a picnic. Noise was coming from what to me looked like a dilapidated barn. Chelsea, Chelsea, Peter Barota, one Mickey Fillery, echoing from this farm building. It wouldn't have been Chelsea, Chelsea like that. I'm sorry, because that was Blue Day that I just gave you there. It would have been Chelsea, 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 echoing from this farm building. I fell in love with it. I wanted to be there. <laughs> um, uh, uh, QPR were up next. I knew where I would be. Burger and programme in hand. I made my way up those shed steps, nervous. What would it be like? Would I be welcome? And what do I do there? Awesome, was all I could say. Chivers, Clive Walker, Clive Walker, echoing around me. I plucked up some courage, joining in with, uh, come on, you blues, come on, you blues, Chelsea, Chelsea. Chivers scored for us, blimey. Down a few rows I went to chance of knees up, Mava Brown, awesome. We drew, but I was fixed on this barn. Happy Ammers were next, sadly remembered for a last-minute own goal by Graham Wilkins. And unbeknown to most Chelsea fans, uh, were the Hammers fans standing next to you, who let rip in the second <coughs> half. Scared, you betcha. Crap myself. The following year, the Chelsea actually had a cup run. For some reason, the Scouts were late. I was by the white wall. All of a sudden, oh, the fucking hell are you, was heard. And just as I looked up, I could see the Scouts coach going by the far side of the shed and behind the east stand. Rhodes Brown gets the ball. He runs. He scores. I remember going down the shed a few steps. Well, quite a lot, actually. My chest hurt as I was so excited. When Lee made it 2-0, I cried. My Chelsea were knocking the mighty scouts out of the cup. Blue and white scarves held high. I was delirious. Wait till I go to get to school on Monday. Spurs next. 
Chelsea made it all ticket. For some reason, I bought a ticket for the East Upper Shed End. £6.50, my milk round money. But boy, for 45 minutes, worth every penny. Lee out injured, Alan Mays played. Alan who? Fillery, sheer bloody heaven. I looked to my left, the people in the shed. I swear they ended up at the front when that goal went in. Who the fucking hell are you? Unfortunately, Spurs then turned up. In 1984, I persuaded my girlfriend, now my wife, to come and see us play Leeds, hopefully win promotion to Whitewall again. My girlfriend never knew what hit her. Chelsea, Chelsea, uh, we all at Leeds and Leeds and Leeds and Leeds, we all fucking hate Leeds. She had never seen me like this, pumped up, shouting. She said, I was like an animal. What's that all about? Took you out, didn't I? I said. I remember against Everton in 86, I was in the middle of the shed. <laughs> with the middle, with the middle, with the middle of the shed. A young woman with some friends made the mistake of saying, who wants a tea? Straight away, 2,000 cries of me, me, me went up. Pissed myself, it was so funny. Even better, when she came back with the tea, Speedy scored, tea in the air. <laughs> oh my God, I could have died laughing. In 88, the smog monsters came to town. Playoff heartbreak. The tension in the shed was at breaking point. One nil up, penalty. No, says the ref. Anger and vilification steamed, streamed around the shed to see those smog monsters invade our pitch, taunt us to send us down. I was a broken man. Life was over. Where did it all gone wrong? I would be back, though. No terraces due to the smog monsters' antics. So my son, two and a half at the time, joined me in the benches. Plymouth, 5-0, enough said. I thought I'd be gentle on his blues baptism. His mum was not happy. You bring him back unscarred or our marriage is over, she said. Yes, my dear, says I. He was home unscarred, but hooked. Leeds again, white wall again, <laughs> promotion again. Johnny B, Paul, my son was in heaven. Dad, can I have a Chelsea kit? Of course you can, son, said I. Now I sit when I can get a ticket in the Matthew Harding Lower, near my son, who's now 31 and a season ticket holder in the Matthew Harding Lower. I missed a trip there. In 94, I took him to the semi against Luton and my hero, Kerry Dixon, he plays for Luton. Will he knock us out? Of course not. My son's face in blue and white squashed on a tube train as some Chelsea moron let off a fire extinguisher. I gave up my 97 Cup final ticket to watch it at home with him as he couldn't get one. When we got to the 2007 final, needless to say, he went and I watched it on TV. We both have great memories, as I'm sure you and every blue has. Long may they continue. Be happy. Win or lose. Up the blues. Regards, Dean. <laughs> That's superb wow. as well. The, the wow. joys of father, the joys of fatherhood. There, giving up tickets so you can sit down and watch it with your son, and then he pisses off to the final in two thousand and seven and leaves you at home. <laughs> what is it they say? They're, Man they're, alive! Your, your, your kids will put you in a home, but your daughters will visit you. You know, I think that's uh, brilliant stuff. I've got to say, Jonathan. I, look, I, I mean, I love all the emails we get, obviously. It's like children. You love all your children, don't you? But uh, I've got to say, Jonathan, that's I think that's possibly the best email we have ever had. I would go that far. It's its like a train, that, isn't it? It's just... It's just isn't it? Stream of consciousness, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. but it's thoughts of, of all these games and all these, these, these great chants and images. that it's a, it's a lovely piece of writing, isn't it? Blimey. Blimey, it's excellent. I hope I did it justice. It's uh, it was uh, really, really excellent stuff. Well done, well done, Dean. Brilliant. 
I'll tell you what, mate, because because that was such a good email. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say let's do one more, uh, and I'm gonna let you choose it, Jonathan, because you've probably read them properly, whereas I just skimmed through them. I'll say let's not do the next one. Yeah. Tim, we'll do that next week. Okay. So out of the remaining ones, I'll leave you to choose, and we'll do one more. How does that sound? Yeah. Um, have a quick look. This is this is like this is like uh, it's like uh, one of those kind of quiz games, you know, or, or you know, like deal or no deal, or who wants to be a millionaire? Nah, we just don't know what email is going to be read uh, next. Oh, rootless Cosmo, I'm, that's fine. What? Yeah. yeah, but rootless is would you you'd like rootless? Would you? That's my well, okay. My Tony's one, putting yeah. a vote for rootless. Tony's putting they're a vote all, for they're rootless. All, actually, they're all so good. It's so difficult. This is I, so difficult. Your choice, JK. Your your slot. You choose. All right. Okay. Uh, Got it. Hang on. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. I'll do, I'll do the last one. I'll do uh, Akshay Chowdhury. Uh, hi, Chidge and the boys. Okay, great. Hi, okay. Hi, Chidge and the boys. I hope I'm getting this in time for you to read out. JK, you do a fabulous job. Oh, thanks very much. With these. That's why you chose it. Yeah, of isn't course it, it is. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I'm I'm so transparent. It's useless. I'm useless. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I'll read it again. So you've interrupted me. You've interrupted me. I'm going to read it again. Sorry, mate. Um, I'm sorry, mate. Sorry, school. mate. No, it's, I'm, no I'm, I'm pretending, Chich. I just want to read this out again. I hope I'm getting this in time for you to read out. JK, you do a fabulous job with these. Thanks very much indeed, actually. Uh, <laughs> and I've been meaning to write in for a while now. I want to tell you my story as a young Chelsea fan from India who now lives in the States. But I love this whole thing as well. This, this uh, Once again, the brilliance of Chelsea fans who not living in, in, uh, in England. So superb. I found out about the world of podcasts rather by accident. I was an Android loyalist for a while till last year when I finally switched to Apple. I honestly didn't even know what, what podcasts were, but I searched for Chelsea podcasts and found the London is Blue podcast. Shout out to those great lads. They often wax poetic about the podfather and the Chelsea fan cast. And for good reason, as I discovered for myself once I started listening to you all. Listening to this pod has been a fantastic experience for me. I was born and raised in India, and it was back in 2001-2 they started broadcasting the Premier League properly in India. I was in the second grade then, so I didn't really understand much, and would just cheer for the red team my brother supported. Still pains me to this day that I ever cheered for Manchester United, but I guess everybody deserves a second chance. I was a very casual watcher and would generally prefer cartoons over football. But in 2003, this new Russian owner came to a club I hadn't heard a lot about, Chelsea FC. When Chelsea won the league, I made a loud announcement to my brother that I was done watching and supporting his crap team and I have a new team from now. That's fine, Akshay. You make your own choices, he said, but make sure you stay loyal to your team. No one likes bandwagoners. If you want to support the new champions, then go ahead, but don't run back to United or Arsenal or whoever wins it next year. The joke was on him as Chelsea became back-to-back champions, but it was good (laughs) advice. Why would I ever want to change allegiances? Chelsea were the best team in the world. I find it difficult sometimes to explain myself as a recent fan to more experienced and older fans, such as yourselves. If I had a dollar for every time someone said to me, you're a fake fan, Chelsea just have bought success, Chelsea have no history, and other garbage like that, 
I'd be as rich as Roman. That always bothered me. Yes, I became a fan after the takeover, but I was no fake or plastic fan. I watched as we stumbled through Scolari's short reign to Grant's, Di Matteo's incredible Champions League victory to Ancelotti's double. I watched as Drogba scored in Munich and as Batshuayi scored in West Brom last year. I was there through the Anna Cerebralis, but let's just try to delete that from our memories. My most exciting moment as a Blues fan came when I was in London in 2015 and Chelsea had just won the league with Mourinho for the second time. I found out about the trophy parade on social media and without knowing anything about London, the tube or even a phone on me that worked in England, I left my brother's home knowing this was an opportunity I could not miss. I saw all the players I'd supported for most of my life for the first time in person in that parade. I saw the Premier League trophy, Abramovich, Mourinho, Wow! I remember when I was in the train and how it filled up with Chelsea fans as we neared closer to SW6. I've mostly seen fans my own age in India, so it was quite a surreal experience to see everyone from 6 to 60 in the royal blue. More importantly, I was a 21-year-old fan who had never been to London before, never watched a football game live in my life, but I knew I bled Chelsea and that this was my club as I cried in happiness, watching the players and fans celebrate in the parade. So fuck whatever those people said about me being a fake fan. I knew who I was and what I was. Finally, on to yesterday's match with Liverpool. I don't know if you're all aware, but Chelsea NBC were doing a fan special in, in New York County. They released a Facebook post a week back saying that Michael Essien and Ashley Cole were coming to New York with the Premier League trophy for a viewing party of the Chelsea-Liverpool game. There were no follow-up posts or any further instructions given, but I couldn't possibly miss the chance to see Essien and Cole. I decided to play it safe and reach an, reach an hour before kiff, reach an hour before kickoff, so I'd have the chance to get in. It turns out this was an RSVP-only event. The club had apparently reached out to exclusive fans beforehand. None of this was communicated. There were no follow-up posts, nothing to suggest this wasn't free and accessible to the public. More than 50 other fans who were standing and waiting there like me were left fuming. How could the club mess up like this? However, we are carefree Chelsea. I introduced myself to three other Blues fans and we went to the football factory, the official Chelsea bar in NYC. Being a lazy bum, I would always watch the games from home, but man, this was an amazing experience. Surrounded by the Blues, surrounded by the best fans in the world, cheering on the best team in the world. Thank you, Chelsea Fancast, for introducing me to the life of London fans. I've loved every episode I've listened to, every little snippet of fan culture I've learnt about because of you. Let's keep the blue flag flying high and up the Chelsea. With much love and appreciation, Akshay. Well done, Akshay. Brilliant, brilliant, uh, brilliant. Another brilliant email. I mean, goodness sake. I guess they're just superb, these, these stories. I, I love it. I love that. You know what? It, 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 in, a, in a way, those two emails, the one from Dean and the one from Akshay, couldn't be more different and yet more similar. Yeah. It's remarkable, isn't it? I mean, Dean, yeah. you know, Dean, proper, proper, proper old school Chelsea. Yeah. You know, absolutely pisses on me as a supporter. I, I can say that with absolute certainty. And then you get Akshay, who, who you know, uh, who, who says in there, oh, you know, he'd be dismissed by a lot of people. 
and yet the passion and the love for the club shines absolutely through both of them. Oh, that, the business with the, with the it, it, getting to the trophy is just uh, just seeing the parade. Yeah, is absolutely brilliant. So That's a brilliant. It, brings, piece, it, it does. It brings it home to a bit, doesn't it? I think you know, and, and I'm going to mention this. Uh, actually, is a bit of a shout out to Brian Wolf who came over this week. Uh, mm, yeah. He he must he booked that months ago, way before fixtures and, and TV changes or whatever. So he didn't actually get to see Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. I think he went to the West Brom game, but he went to Baku. And then he went to the Liverpool game. Yeah. And um, I think people... Like, yeah. I've met Brian last year um, with the... Uh, yeah, the good lad. Yeah, the, with the, the rest of, uh, of the gang in the pub. I think one of them was completely obsessed with Alex and she was quite upset that um, Alex never made it to the pub that day. Well, not upset. I think she was just expecting, you know, to see that. And it, it, and, and you get that kind of, uh, I don't know, it, it's a strange feeling. I, you know, I almost felt like almost a semi-celebrity that day and meeting these people and finding out what it meant to them was something that we take for granted because we do. Yeah. Um, shows just how special it is. I think it's it's a, a fantastic set of emails tonight, mate. Absolutely fantastic. Credit to. Can them. I just say as well that yeah. actually you've uh, you've done a certain rite of passage as a Chelsea fan when you've sat there and thought, how could the club possibly stuff this up so bad? <laughs> now that you can say, now you say you've experienced that. Yeah. You are proper Chelsea, actually. Yeah. Yeah, you are now proper Chelsea because, like us, you've experienced that. Some of us have experienced that for longer, but it all means the same. We've really got to go because, of course, I just couldn't resist slipping in another email there. I'm very glad I did uh, because it was uh, it was wonderful. I mean, they've all been wonderfully read by Jonathan tonight, particularly Dean's, I have to say. Uh, but I think actually that fitted in very well. Um, and and on on that point, I mean, uh, let me just get this right. Alan Gavaran, obviously, uh, Tim O'Donnell. Uh, who else did we miss out tonight? Andy Korpalski. And there's another one. Oh, Nate. Nate Piacentino. I do promise uh, people that we will we will read yours out next week. They're, they're equally brilliant. Um, but uh, we, we would have been here all night. And much as I'd have loved that, uh, some people have got to go to sleep. And uh, other people have got things to do. So we'll try and do it next week. But uh, Jonathan, well done. Really appreciated that, mate. Great stuff. Uh, we love re- receiving your emails, as you know, and that, that's exactly why. Uh, and, and we will always try and read them out, time permitting. So uh, do send them to chelseafancast at gmail.com before Monday, and we'll do our best. Right, that is all we've got time for this week, I'm very sad to say. Uh, we'll be back next Monday, the December the 4th at 7 o'clock, as always. Uh, I'll be joined by Jonathan and uh, two mystery guests, as I haven't actually done the schedule yet. <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, but uh, you will soon be notified and hopefully you'll be notifying me of your availability. I'll be busy, what can I say? Um, and what we'll be talking about, uh, the Swansea match and the Newcastle match, obviously. So there you go. Uh, now, of course, no doubt you've all noticed the uh, upgrade, uplift in the wonderful Chelsea Fancast website, uh, largely due to the uh, the fabulous Hion Carbis, who's been... Uh, you know, he's basically taken over as the editor and he kicked me up the arse, although I, I I don't write much for the site. I should write more for my own bloody site, shouldn't I? Uh, we welcome we welcome uh, writers. Tony's promised me a blog. Yes. Alex's Girl Without Balls, uh, wonderful tomb, is on there every time she does it. She's brilliant. She puts up herself. She's that good. And there are many, many others, like uh, A Blew Up North, who's been listening in, in Mixler tonight, as I can see. So uh, thank you all. Uh, do check it out. It's well worth it. The quality of writing on there is fabulous. Uh, and it's, of course, at ChelseaFanCast.com. Uh, and we'll put the post out on Twitter and Facebook 
and all of that. Chelsea Fancast is the Twitter address and facebook.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Right, so you can follow me at Stamford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Alex at CFCGWLB and the lovely Tony at Grocer Jack UK. Uh, so there we go. Uh, thanks to everybody, uh, particularly to uh, you, the listeners tonight. You've been fantastic. Lovely to see so many of you in Mixler as always. Thanks to the people who sent the emails in. But most of all, thanks to the lovely and long-suffering peeps that join me on a Monday who this week have been the absolutely fabulously delightful matron, Alex Churchill. <laughs> I love it. I am Hattie Jakes. I hope I'm thinner than her, though. <laughs> well you are a bit actually but you're very lovely you're very lovely I, I, we've missed you actually I can't, can't wait to read your blogs and also hopefully see you on Saturday at some stage Alex that'll be lovely indeed uh, the, uh, the wonderful the wonderful reverend uh, reverend Sid James himself Mr Tony Glover uh, un grand plaisir monsieur Mm, mm. I thought I was going to get a Sid James laugh for a minute. Oh, no, I decided to go all... Um... Yeah, yeah, oh, I don't know. Yeah. We can't go off air without yeah, yeah, JK yeah, yeah, doing yeah, yeah, Kenneth Williams. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Well, I, you, you beat me to it, Alex. Last but by no means least, the wonderful Charles Hawtrey, nay, Kenneth Williams of the <laughs> podcast, Mr Jonathan Kidd. Mm, stop messing about. Mm. <laughs> 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 oh, brilliant. We should go before my my voice finally packs up right thank you lot for listening i'll see you next time until then keep it blue keep it carefree keep it chills up the chills it's the 90th minute all your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.